Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. guys it's your boy darren gilliam aka black flags matter back for another edition of the nascar weekly podcast um we have a special edition tonight though um the first in-person show in a very long time since when like february i think yeah well no we had one in the summer at my house oh yeah that's right that's right so we've had two so yeah it's been a little while but we are joined by the one and only amp lemon how's it going man yes that's right people of the nascar universe i am back we attempted to get me on back at the toxic waste dump in Palaka, Florida. <laughs> However, it was not meant to be. But today, we're here live at the NWP headquarters, and we'll have no, no internet connection issues to speak of. And I'm ready. I'm ready to deliver my blazing hot takes right here to the NWP community. Yeah, no, we got the uh, the internet issues all squared away. No um, uh, no issues uh, tonight, fortunately. But uh, yeah. side note, I wish you guys could see how many cords and wires we have mm-hmm. strung all over the place to make the setup work. Yeah, we have a lot. Yeah, and yeah, uh, Jared's going to be over there. Yeah. And then our boy IDK, is, uh, he's uh, the uh, producer tonight. Appreciate him. These guys work real hard. You better be sending those super chats <laughs> double speed. <laughs> they don't take the, uh, the microphone. Yeah, yeah we'll show you guys later. Time. Yeah, we have the my mic duct taped and we've been testing out since sunday so really happy to be here so uh hey let's get right into it so uh good old tex ass happened um unfortunately uh danny we'll have you uh start off and uh tell us your thoughts oh i gotta go first oh me and eric oh oh yeah go ahead go ahead yeah 
keep talking. Go ahead. Me? Oh, hi. Hi, everyone. Yeah, they're here hi. too. <laughs> well, hold on. I, I, we're, we're on me now. This is my time. We're in my house anyway. Uh, how's, it, <laughs> how's it going, everybody? I am I am here, and uh, Eric is here. We'll pass it to him in a second. We're just going to keep winging it as we go. Uh, but, you know, Eric, how's it going, man? It's going good. I love that the chat, when they didn't see you on that couch, were like, did Jared finally miss a stream? Oh, my goodness. But no, Jared's here. I'm here. I'm the only one not in Tennessee. I am in Texas, as Darian would say. Oh, um, not the not the Texas Motor Speedway part, though. It's a uh, it's a little nicer over here. But yeah, should be a good show. Glad I can at least see everyone in less boxes. Usually, I have like five boxes on my screen. Today, I have three, two, really. So that's nice. It's more efficient this way. Yes, that's right. So uh, all right. So now let's get into it. Uh, Texas happened. So uh, Danny, you start us off. What are your thoughts of the race? Well, I thought it couldn't get any worse than Bristol, but then I was wrong. (laughs) So at Bristol, we had various different things that happened in that one. At Texas, it was all one thing. On one culprit, the tires. So, you know, initially, yeah, you just think you got to put the blame on Goodyear, and a lot of people did. The big wigs of Goodyear gave the press conferences afterwards talking about what they thought happened and what they kind of uh, want to do to make sure that it doesn't happen in the future. But I don't know. Like, what do you guys think we could do to not see this happen again at Texas Motor Speedway? Besides not going there at all. Yeah, I think if you were to poll most NASCAR fans, they would definitely just like to see it off the schedule entirely, demolished and stuff. But honestly, like, outside of all the issues, though, I was enjoying the first stage thoroughly. Like, I was like, okay, for Texas, um, for Texas Motor Speedway standards, <laughs> um, this was a pretty decent uh, uh, NASCAR race. This. So I I don't know. I mean I don't know, man. It's just there's a lot of problems, man. First with the tires and then the track. It's it's just a bunch of issues, man. It's just yeah, I'm not sure. If I can jump in for just a second as the resident Texas Motor Speedway apologist, I'm not going to apologize for how shitty the current track configuration is. But uh, you know, I I will say I think most of the issues are with the configuration. I think the tires, Goodyear's put in a tough box. I think the teams are always going to force the issue, but Texas, because it doesn't wear out, the sticky stuff in the outer groove makes it even faster, which increases the amount of loads on the tires. I think that's why Texas, even in the all-star race back in May, saw more blowouts than most tracks this year. So I agree with Danny, though. If you take away the tire issues and the fact that it was like a game of Russian roulette, every 35 laps, the leader was going to blow a tire. If you get rid of that, I thought this was the most enjoyable racing we've seen at New Texas since its you know inception. I don't know if, if you felt that way, Jarrett. Well, well, I'm gonna say um, <laughs> I got lit up for saying anything for Texas uh, on Twitter when I said it because I'll be real. The first stage I thought was the most fun stage of the day. I thought that the first stage had really good racing throughout, lots of passing. There was lots of passing throughout when they weren't blowing tires. Um, it honestly under this configuration just racing product wise i thought was the best race that we've had here and of course it gets completely overshadowed by the fact that you know the tires couldn't hold up that's the thing that sucks here is that i actually was legitimately enjoying this race uh beforehand like in the first stage and a half uh because you could see people just flying through the pack it was something that you honestly weren't really used to seeing at Texas at this point anymore. So I I kind of am in the same boat as you. It's just, you know, and we'll talk about it later when we talk about the poll. It's just, it got completely, completely overshadowed by it. And it's a shame because it's 
one of the few times that it looked decent out there. Uh, but, Ann, what did you think of the race? All right, well, I did not watch the full thing because I was busy, too busy watching my Jaguars somehow <laughs> look good on a football field. You know, this is a sign that we're truly entering the strange times here because my Jaguars looked good. And I was only really able to catch stage one and uh, the end of stage three after the rain delay. Um, but uh, I don't know what it is about this track, man. I've gone on the record and said that Talladega is the most cursed track. Texas is starting to give it a run for its money because this track seems cursed. It's just not working out, whatever they're trying. It's just hasn't been working. You'd think that it gets as slow as it can possibly get when the race gets delayed to Wednesday because of intermittent mix, <laughs> but no. Then the all-star race happens where Ryan Blaney has to win twice in a row and has to run two laps with his window net down. Mm. And then you're thinking, it can't get worse than this, right? And then I, I I was texting Slapshoes saying that after like Harvick blew the tire, like this is officially worse than Indy 2008. I was thinking oh. they were going to start, I was thinking they were going to start throwing competition cautions out there because what was it like four leading cars blew a tire and just totaled their entire mm -hmm. race day over. I mean, and this is coming from some, I actually liked the Bristol race. I thought that the, attri the attrition reminded me of kind of like more old school times when the machines would really get tested. Um, and there are a lot of similar aspects to the Texas race, oddly enough, but I just, I didn't care for what was going on when you want to see the guys go out there and race and see the best driver win. And when the freaking tires are basically turning it, and I think Eric put in one of his videos this week, a roulette wheel, it's <laughs> like you're just waiting for the next guy to basically F up and like ruin his day and the tire to just explode and have him go into the wall. And like, there's, there's like no momentum to watch. It's just a guessing game. It's like, Oh, how long is the tire going to last now? And that's just not what you want to see. So it sucks. I mean, I didn't think the racing at the beginning, like Jared said, was that terrible, but you, you can't have a race like this out there where the tires are so unreliable and I guess the new car, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But that it's, it's not a good showing. Okay. It's not a good showing. And to have that happen consecutively after the Bristol race, which, where there was a bunch of notorious mechanical fail, failures, NASCAR is going to definitely have to go back to the drawing board on a lot of this stuff. It's kind of funny that we had so many issues that we did because at one point in this race, it was like flat one I'm just having four, I think. And Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was actually in the lead, and he hadn't pitted since like 557 or something like that. So he actually went a good amount of time without pitting. And uh, really, I don't think he necessarily blew a tire during that run. He, he was able, he was actually able to hold the lead for a little bit when he got on, on a restart when uh, he didn't pit. But that just proved like how important track position is at a track like Texas, because in clean air at that track, it's really hard to get past. But uh, you know, but just going back and all the tire issues we had is just, you know, it was entertaining, maybe not necessarily in a good way, though. Yeah. Just one final thing. Oh, oh, sorry. Just one final thing I want to point out, too. Um, I mean, yeah, um, we have all the, um, you know, all the um, the tire issues were obviously bad, but also, too, what made it even worse is that, unfortunately, you know, the safety aspect of the next-gen car has been questioned so many times this year, and we'll get to more of that, you know, um, throughout the show. But 
I don't know, just seeing these drivers just like, you know, with these tires just popping and stuff, like every time I would see one, my heart would instantly stop because I'm like, oh gosh, like the angle they're going at and, you know, the the speeds as well and stuff. I'm like, hey, thankfully we didn't have, um, you know, any uh, injuries of any kind. Well, outside of one, unfortunately, but yeah. Man dude in the chat uh, makes a good point. They, this was the hottest race in Texas's history. They typically race here in, you know, November, late October. This was a September race. So 97 degrees um, likely contributed to the air teams you know, more quickly overstepping the air pressures. Um, yeah, there's not a whole lot else to tie up. I did see a comment in the chat from, I think by not, I think was his name. Yeah. Reference the uh, Rodney Childers had a Twitter thread a couple days ago where he discussed, um, that the teams were able to work on, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember what they were, but just elements of the suspension so that they could get the diffuser closer to the ground without having to mess with air pressures that might alleviate some of the stresses teams have been putting on the air pressures at places like Texas and Bristol. So it's just yet a- added to the list of things that could be edited or changed going into 2023 with the next gen car so that hopefully there are fewer um, tire failures, but but yeah, I feel like we should talk a little bit about the Cody Ware crash as well. Darian talking about safety there. I mean, don't often see a driver stretchered um, away from his vehicle. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, Jared, what was your first reaction to that crash? And, and obviously no broken bones, no concussion. He's playing to race Talladega, but that was a scary moment. I, For me, I mean, my first reaction, and it, it's been this way anytime we see a driver getting hurt this year, um, I'll be, I'll be real. Starting off, I was pretty pissed just because it is the same thing we've been dealing with now for 30 races of safety, taking a bit of a, you know, step backwards when it really shouldn't. And I get that he wasn't hurt, but it's the fact that, you know, when, when the first image you see of him getting out of the car is him get out of the car and then he collapses and then he gets up again and collapses again. And you don't hear any update for like two hours about it, except for rumors that some of the people in the media were like putting out, but nothing substantial, just rumors of what people heard. Um, that's that was my reaction to to all that. And I I don't know if they they showed or said what the initial like cause of it was, if it was tire or if it was just got loose. Um, but I feel like a lot of these issues that we have, and we've we've talked about it last year. We thought it might have been solved even with the little bit we get this year, but I think. Like the fact that we don't have any practice whatsoever to tune these cars up, we get a five, you know, basically five hot laps before qualifying, and then we're sending everybody out there fresh, like it was in 2020 and 2021. Um, it, it has to change with a new car and with the little amount of data we have right now. I mean, I can just think of a bunch of races that I remember from the COT era, from the Gen 6 era where there were tire issues, there was cording, there was, you know, different tires that were bubbling up going flat, you know, especially starting off at, at, uh, at Michigan. And they had extra practice time to figure out their issues. So that for me is, is where I have, have the biggest issue with all of this. I don't know about you, Eric, but I feel like that practice could practice could help avoid pretty much all of this. Yeah, that it's something it was kind of a talking point that sort of disappeared as the years gone on, because for the most part, we hadn't haven't had too many just catastrophic issues with the new car. Yes, wheels falling off from time to time, but that hasn't ruined many races. Yeah, early on uh, cars getting beached after a flat tire, but, you know, that was solved pretty quick. So overall, this year has been OK, um, but yeah, no, no, absolutely. Uh, 
I, I completely just lost my train of thought. I was looking at the chat. Uh, what was the question? Oh, the uh, about practice and stuff. Practice, yeah. No, that because I, I put a tweet out, and it was it was very much like, would these issues be solved if we had an hour or two hours of practice? Probably not all the issues, because many were quick to reply with, "Well, that didn't help in 2008 at Indianapolis." But uh, to your point, a car that was built primarily through computers and simulation, not a lot of on-track data. The more on-track data we can get, the better. So the fact that we've gone this whole year with minimal practice in a what I would consider to be a largely post-COVID you know, kind of season, it, it seems a little ridiculous. So like, what is the explanation that NASCAR has given for like not having full practice this year? Um, on networks. Yeah. Yeah. Networks like, and teams originally... Time, I guess. Teams originally were kind of wanted to save some money on tires and engine wear and stuff, but I think pretty quickly they realized, oh well, we're you know spending that money on broken parts in the race. Maybe we should it would balance out if we had more practice. Yeah, I think it was Justin Marks this week said that his cost for parts this year was pretty much way over what they budgeted for this year. Yeah, and also they just wanted short practices in general, not only to save money, but I guess to save these teams some time and stuff. I mean, we've seen it affect, you know, some of the drivers and stuff. I mean, Kyle Busch, I mean, ever since this change, I mean, amongst, you know, among other things, he just hasn't been quite the same driver now, you know, uh, compared to years past. But yeah, um, another thing I didn't expect it. Um, um, another thing I didn't um, expect to get affected was, unfortunately, you know, just the tires and stuff. And yeah, we could um, definitely do with um, more practice for sure. Absolutely. I think we should, before we get to uh, the news today of the penalties, or I guess from yesterday about the penalties, we need to talk about the winner. We haven't mentioned Tyler Reddick's name yet. Uh, I, yeah. I joked when I jumped in this Zoom call before, and I was like, you guys, I totally forgot who won this race for a minute. Just like, <laughs> there are so many other things that kind of caught everyone's attention. But Tyler Reddick, uh, this is his second win now since announcing he was leaving RCR. So I, I don't know, does it get more and more awkward each week at the shop at this point? Or is Toyota just even more and more proud of their investment? <laughs> like, I don't know. Must be a little bit of both, I guess. And also to remember, you, that was your championship pick. So he there's was. some validity to it. So I knew he had the speed. Just not the execution <laughs> just, just that first round. Away from being in the round yeah. of, locked into the round of eight. And don't he's going to win Homestead. I'm calling it now. Too, so. <laughs> he's winning Miami. I, I was two points from being right. Ugh. Hate it. Hate it for my guys. I'd say, like, the thing about Reddick um, this past week, unlike his other wins, is the fact that he won at an oval. Like, this is his first oval win. And it does suck that it's overshadowed again. Like, I, I feel like that's just going to be the, the complete uh how we, how we remember this race is just that it overshadowed every good thing that happened because unlike you know what the narrative usually is a lot of good happened at Texas this week like this wasn't this wasn't like another snoozer where you just had one guy go out and lead 300 laps this wasn't like a race where you know nothing happened they got it rained out in the middle and that was it like things actually happened here and including this and i feel like it's you know, like we haven't talked about it, so it's it's not as big of a deal, at least being made to the fans right now and media. But it's it's a huge deal and a huge step for Reddick in his career right now that he's able to actually win on a big oval that we race at thirty times during the year. Especially considering the fact that he's uh, on basically a lame duck contract yeah. right now. I mean, a lot of these you saw what happened to Vickers in <laughs> well, I guess he won his. 
well, first career win. Well, also Reddick's probably going to be shut out of meetings too, as well. Like yeah. since he's going to be leaving. Like next year, if they can't, if twenty three eleven can't get a deal worked out to get him over early, next year they're saying he's basically just going to ride around in what an experimental car in the R and D like car, Project ninety one <laughs> for RCR. <laughs> yeah, basically like that thirty three car that was out there mm-hmm. back in Michigan. That's basically, awesome what he's going to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So basically, that's what you know he's going to be riding around in. But but also. <laughs> Because of circumstances and winning, he was the fourth non-playoff driver in a row to win during the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Reddick, I mean, he's always been that dude, man. We've always talked about him for years, whether it's in trucks, Xfinity, or Cup. And it's great to see him finally, you know, get some wins, you know, on a consistent basis. Yeah, three wins. Hey, I had said last year, last December, he would get multiple wins along with William Byron and uh, Chase Briscoe. I was right about two of those guys, and uh, Reddick was one of them. So, man, well, good to see. I think now he's been in the Cup Series since 2020. Is that when his rookie year was? Yes. Uh, was it 20? Or ni- was it 19? Yeah, 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 or 20? 2020. So now basically it's a similar track as Chase Elliott. His third year in the series gets his first win on a, on a road course, and then gets three wins in that year when he gets his first win. Yeah. So basically the same thing that happened to Chase Elliott. In 18 and 19, Hemrick was in the eight, so it was 20. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. And speaking Thank of you, producer, <laughs> speaking of Elliot, he's also, got four race wins. Last night, by the way, that was, fun. that was fun. to watch. Does um, anyone and yeah. does anyone have uh, else have three besides Reddick, or is he now alone in that second position? Isn't Hamlin? Oh, he got that one encumbered. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Chase has four. Yeah. And then and it's Reddick at three. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's in a late company there. <laughs> Yeah, by the hey, end of the playoffs reward winning, all right? He's eliminated. Yeah. <laughs> but, but speaking of the playoffs, though, four races in, still a non, um, not a single playoff driver has won yet. Yeah, this is unprecedented, right? Never yeah. happened before. Yeah, never had the chase. It was unprecedented when Jones won Darlington. A, a non playoff guy had never won the opener before. So we're basically like week after week just building and building on this unprecedentedness. It, it is yeah, getting kind of ridiculous. <laughs> Adding to the insanity of this season, we're going to go full Joker Joker mode this weekend at Talladega. Who knows what the heck's going to happen, but I'm here for it. We just need McDowell supremacy to come through this weekend. Yeah, we just need all the chaos, man, all the surprises. I'm here for it. We're so close to the record-breaking 20 winners, so we could see it this weekend. Wouldn't that be something for Jared if it was McDowell? (laughs) Number 20. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, you have seen my camera. Oh man! But um, hey, look, that was um some part of the cup race, but there was some other uh, drama as well. Not just the tire stuff. Uh, Denny Hamlin versus William Byron. Let's talk about that for a second. Danny, you started us off here, man. Just what what was going on with them and the tower and stuff? Just what were your thoughts on that? It was all chaotic. It seems kind of fishy to me that they didn't see anything of what happened to Byron, but he shot himself in his own foot when he was on TV. What? I didn't see anything. What? What happened? Uh, yeah, the Byron, I don't get, I, I, what is with these guys dry snitching on themselves, man? They're just like, just like, hey, oh yeah, I did that or whatever. And they think nothing's going to happen, man. But Bubba Wallace he did, he did, did that ex- a few years ago. He didn't explicitly admit to it. Byron does it, man. He didn't explicitly admit to it, though. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, he kind of did. I mean, Kligerman kind of put him on the spot, but he, he admitted to wanting to show his displeasure. But he did say, I didn't mean to hit him and I didn't mean to spin him out. So he stood by it, even though the replay obviously told a completely different story. Well, so for, for me, like we'll, we'll talk about this in a bit with the Ty Gibbs penalty, 
and and that stuff too. But with the Byron one, I feel like this was the fair one. Like I, I have thoughts on the on the Gibbs one, and I'm sure everyone in the chat does. It's gonna get wild uh, when we talk about that. But when it comes to the Byron one, uh, for the precedent they have of of usually penalizing for doing something like that, uh, especially when they don't penalize on the spot, which I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, I thought I thought it was fair twenty five. I think Eric, you had said that it was like pushing the top limit of okay and fair, but I, sure. I think I think it was fair. Um, I think it's going to teach him a lesson. I think that Byron's not going to do something like that again because this could. I mean, you saw how far up he was. Twenty five points makes a huge difference with Talladega and around, and you know this could torpedo his championship run. Where I have a problem is the fact that NASCAR completely missed something that happened on the freaking front stretch right in front of him. It was those tinted windows. I'm telling you, it was the tinted <laughs> windows. New Hampshire strikes again. It's bizarre that they missed it because, like, the press box and whatever is right there with the monitor in. Reminds me of the time they missed that uh, truck guy who was, like, crashed for, like, two lots of green fly action. They didn't throw the caution. Um, but I got a hot take here. Oh. I man. actually think Byron's penalty is unjustified. Whoa. Because, because... These guys in the playoff format have been freaking killing each other week in, week out. We're all of a sudden going to have a problem with intentionally crashing others. And I actually bought I actually bought Byron's interview where he was just going to bump him to show his displeasure, and he came in a little too hot. I actually believed him in saying that. But it's, it's not like a Kyle Busch situation where he wrecked Ron Horan and jumped his car and messed up his chance. Like Hamlin just got right back out there. He just spun him through the grass. And that's a 25-point deduction when later in the season, Chastain got literally doored into the wall and had a DNF that race at Pocono that he was probably going to win because of Hamlin. Oh, but now Hamlin, when it happens to Hamlin, it's all of a sudden a big problem. And Kyle Busch is want, and Hamlin are whining about, why are we being penalized for dumping you? Like, haven't you guys been doing this literally for like the last five seasons? And there's been no point deductions that I can remember. I can remember the last time anyone actually got deducted points for aggressive driving. So it's like, why is it just now with William Byron? And he didn't even, Hamlin got to continue in the race. He just spun through the grass. It was not really a severe incident. Gibbs, I agree, like endangering people on pit road. Like that's a bad thing. You got to like nip that in the butt immediately. But why are we just now enforcing aggressive driving and drivers taking each other out with point deduction? It seems like NASCAR might be like overcompensating for just missing in the moment. So it's like, okay. No, don't do this anymore. Just, just stop doing it. But I, 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 I'm not arguing like uh, whether a point value should be specifically assessed a certain incident, but it's just like based on NASCAR's own officiating, it's inconsistent to have a 25 point deduction for aggressive driving, basically. So I, I do want to like kind of argue semi against that. So I agree that 25 is a little steep. I would have gone in the 10 to 15 to 20 point range. Um, but here's what I base it off of. And I know some of these examples are old, but these are the only ones I know off the top of my head. So when Kyle Busch junked Ron Hornaday in 2011, he got, he got a suspension for one whole race. Uh, and so I think NASCAR draws the line, not only at wrecking under green versus under caution, but also at the severity. Hornaday was, he could have gotten hurt in that crash. I referenced this in a video earlier this week, but um, in 2004, Kevin Harvick and Matt Kenseth took turns spinning each other out, much like what Byron did to Hamlin uh, under caution at Pocono, and both ultimately were basically put 10 positions worse in the finishing order. So they basically got docked today's equivalent of 10 points. So 
I think what Byron should have got is somewhere in the middle of 10 points and a suspension. A suspension certainly way too far. I'd say it's much closer to that 10 point because I think what he did is very similar to what Harvick and Kenseth did to each other. So that's why I do think NASCAR, granted 2004 was a long time ago. That was the early days of the Brian France regime. But NASCAR has set that precedent years ago that, okay, spinning someone under caution, that's where we draw the line. But I agree with you, Emblema, that NASCAR has let a lot of aggressive driving go under green this year, times when maybe they should have stepped in, not just in cup, but Xfinity. We've heard truck series drivers call for better officiating or or just more officiating. But when it comes to spinning out under caution, I do think they've been fairly consistent on this, at least my in my lifetime. So I think the Byron 25 points a little steep, but not completely you know, out of out of control. I mean, where where I am with it is is if it's under caution, I say it's no go with that. Um, where I think NASCAR is, where their head is at right now, is I think they're trying to get control of the garage again because basically the drivers have been running wild now for God knows how long. I mean, when's the when's the last time, like you said, that you remember somebody getting penalized for being aggressive? Um, the last time I can think of somebody actually getting suspended for doing anything that would be over the line for any kind of driver code was 2015 with Kenseth. I, now that I recall it, at Xfinity uh, Road America, Gregson got um, a deduction for spinning that guy in front of the entire field. Under they three. did, yeah, that's true. But I don't know. So, I, don't, I don't really understand why wrecking someone under caution is like worse, categorically worse than intentionally dumping someone under green when everyone's at full speed which has been repeatedly done by numerous drivers across the entire season and years previous. But it's probably, yeah, I guess like you said, they're trying to corral the drivers again, trying to get, get some law back in the land, I guess. Yeah, I also think another part of it, why they gave him the penalty is because of the driver reactions as well. I, you know, veteran guys like Kevin Harvey saying like, oh, this is unfair. You know, why didn't he... Uh, you know, get a uh, a timing penalty, and then Kyle Busch was like, "Oh, I guess it's just uh, whoever they uh, they like or whoever." You know, he uh, tweeted something like that. So there was a ton of factors that definitely factored into it. Um, but well, they should have gotten it right as other on race day. Though, so. I mean, I feel like for the most part. Oh, what? what? There. Oh, my bad. I was just I was just saying they should have gotten it right on race day. Ultimately, the fact that they you know had to wait until Wednesday that's inexcusable. They got to change whatever they need to at race, get them more cameras. Now that we have in cars on every single car, get them access to that, or maybe even change your um, procedures to something a little more like F1, where, you know, maybe you aren't able to review the incident during the caution period, but if, you know, 10 laps of the next run, you finished your review and found that, Hey, Byron was guilty of over-aggressive driving, make him do a pass through and, and just call it then. You know, like it doesn't like it's it sounds like NASCAR was like, oh, shoot, well, they already restarted. Guess we'll just punt this until Wednesday. Maybe they should reconsider that policy. I don't know. Yeah, definitely for sure. But I feel like for the most part, um, you know, people feel like the one Byron penalty is fair. But as far as the Ty Gibbs one, oh, boy, that's a totally different story. So if you didn't see the incident, um, Ty Dillon was coming off of uh, um, out of his um, out of his um, his pit stall. Then all of a sudden runs into Ty Gibbs into the side of him. And then Ty Gibbs thought it would be an awesome idea to pay him back on pit lane. And as he's paying him back, the 17 team, um, they happen to be working on their car. And there happens to be a NASCAR official expecting, you know, just, you know, making sure they're um, fixing everything correctly, not committing any penalties. And Ty Dillon almost ran into them because of the contact. 
So a lot of people were definitely criticizing him, people in the industry, fans. Jared, I'll start off with you, though, because uh, you're um, um, I watched your video about it today. But uh, what were your thoughts on the penalty? Was it fair or foul? Uh, I think I, I think she got penalized. I, I went off on this on Sunday night after uh, the race. I went live. Um, the fact that here's there's a few things that that i'm bothered with on this number one is the fact that you could see it on the screen on tv and it took people like us and a few people in like the media that were watching at home to actually bring enough attention to it for nascar to actually look at it um because nothing happened during the race about it you know like even if the even if the broadcast didn't bring it up during the race nascar still could see it uh so it's another blatant issue with with their officiating um, but but the fact that Ty Gibbs is on probation with NASCAR because of the issues he's had before and this penalty. Yeah. OK, he got fined seventy five thousand dollars, but that probably could be coming out of the you know, I, I would think it would probably be coming out of the Joe Gibbs racing fund more than his pocket. <laughs> so where I have the problem is, is that Ty Gibbs basically when it comes to how he's running had no penalty whatsoever there were 25 owner points taken away from 2311 who's that hurt it hurts 2311 and if like qualifying gets rained out it hurt bubba in the starting order next year but where i put it at is he has repeatedly went over the line he had multiple issues with both petty gms drivers during this race under caution on pit road and nothing happened i'm gonna be real and i I think a lot of people who hate Ty Gibbs will agree with me just for their hate for him, but I think it would be completely justified to suspend him the Talladega weekend. No more, no extra cup experience on a super speedway and having to basically take a step back in his championship fight the same in, in a very similar way to um, William Byron because you know, the amount of points that were lost in it, there needs to be some kind of way to ingrain it in his head the same way that I think by uh, Byron will have it ingrained as in his head um, that he can't do this. Like he, if, if, if he hits him any harder going down the pits, we could be talking about four uh, because there were two crew members and two officials. We could be talking about four members of the industry being killed by being run over they're still going 55 miles an hour like that that's not slow it yeah, looks slow on tv on the highway imagine getting hit with one of those cars yeah exactly yeah i mean like some of these drivers definitely take that stuff for granted man i mean like and brad kozlowski brought up a, um, a good point um earlier this week um he had basically said that um well he had tweeted that he was really glad no one from his team was hurt or anyone from NASCAR, but um, yeah, it could have been really bad. And then um, on a race hub, uh, I think it was either um, earlier today or yesterday, he was like, you know, this is sort of what happens when you let teenagers, you know, race at the highest level and stuff, you know, like usually, they, you know, yeah, I mean, usually they're down, you know, in Xfinity or trucks or ARCA, you know, to make those mistakes, to learn the hard way. Was Ty still 19? Yeah. Yeah, he's not even close to 21. That's almost like, other than like, I think Logano. That might be like mm -hmm. almost the lowest age. Yeah. Professional and, Cup Series driver. And it's talented. I mean, it's warranted, man. Like, he definitely should be in the Cup Series full time yeah. next year. No, but if he's going to do this, then I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll push, push back. Okay. So I'll say this like, if, he, if he's not mature enough to 
you know, like what did what did Ty Dillon do? He came out of his pits wide. That happens virtually every race. You get mad about it, but if he can't handle that, because I have a feeling a lot of it's frustration building up from not running up front like he usually does, because he was running pretty bad. Bingo. If he can't, if he cannot handle that, and he can't handle that pressure, he should not be in the top level of stock car racing in America. He should not because. What what's to say that he doesn't do something like this again? What's to say that he doesn't pay somebody back under caution, you know, and and they're passing a wreck and runs them into safety trucks? Like that is a realistic thing that could happen next year if he is not mature enough. Like he can say he can say all this stuff in the media, like he said all the he said all the right things, but words are only so far. His actions prove he is not ready mature maturity wise. It's funny because I remember a few weeks back now at this point, we were actually having this conversation about Ty Gibbs and we were saying that, oh, I think he's matured a little bit because it was like, I forget what the race was, but he has Road America. He raced Larson well. He like raced him without contact. That that one, but more specifically what I'm thinking of, he had an incident with Sam Mayer again and he could have easily, you know, done something to pay him back or or been ready to throw down again, but he didn't. He just he just kind of let it go. I'm trying to remember what, what track that was now, but it was, either way, he had another moment where he it was probably expected for him to do something, but he walked away from that. So it was like we were praising, like, I think he's mature. You know, the time of the Cup Series, is he, he's got his eye on the game, but then it's like one more slip up. I was just, like, okay. Another bonehead move. Yeah. yeah, and the long list of bonehead moves. Go ahead. Hold on a second. Denny delivers in the chat. Ty Gibbs thought Jesus would take the wheel. <laughs> also, another comment. Um, um, another comment I love too from a uh, Groovy Goose. Uh, Ty Gibbs, cup level talent, uh, Arca level grade. Unfortunately, yeah. Now I wholeheartedly agree with Jarrett's take that he has. Ty Gibbs has the talent to start racing in cup full time. He is nowhere close to mentally and emotionally mature enough to do it because no, you hit the nail on the head a moment ago, Jarrett Uh, in Arca in, uh, in Xfinity Gibbs is always in the top five. He's leading laps. He's winning races in cup this year. Granted he's filling in 10 races. His best finish is 10th. He's not used to running 20th. And I think you're exactly right. He's frustrated that he's running 25th. And when a guy rubs him a little bit on pit road, he overreacts. He ran into Sam Mayer on pit road at the end of the Martinsville Xfinity race. That's why he was kind of on probation. That's why he's a, a repeat offender now. So uh, I don't know about suspending him for the entire Talladega weekend. I don't know what the precedent is, but in my head, I would have loved to see him out of the cup car for at least one week, a little bit of embarrassment. I know it's Kurt's car, but in a way it's his car right now. It's been his car for the last two or three months. So to see somebody else, John Hernemacek step in someone who's a little older, who's got experience and show him how it's done. I think that could have been the wake up call Ty Gibbs needed because I agree uh, a penalty was deserved. And, and I agree with you that he is not emotionally mature enough right now to compete full-time next year. Cause next year is going to be a lot of 20th place. You're on 20th a lot. And I don't think you'll be able to handle it. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I think that, you know, it wasn't too long ago, you know, I was 19 and I remember the thing that would get through to me the most was embarrassment. Like if yeah. I got embarrassed by something, like if I did something stupid and got embarrassed by it, if like somebody put me in my place in front of everyone, I learned my my lesson. And I feel like, yes, a, a cup race suspension would do would, you know, may, maybe do that. But the fact that his team's reaction in the Xfinity, if they suspended him and his team, him having to face them and say, yep me doing something stupid while running 20th in a cup race that I really, you know, 
it wasn't even my team. I had nothing really to gain there other than seat time. That's what cost you guys winning a championship. That's what cost you guys all your bonuses that I, I feel like that would be enough to really just set it into his brain. Like there, there are, there are lines and this, and this is on NASCAR too. NASCAR is, has let it for so long, so much stuff get away and not taking control of it, that these younger drivers coming up are just going to keep doing this until NASCAR finally, you know, basically stops letting the loonies run the loony bin. Like that, that's basically it. They need to step in and be the adults here because we are dealing now with literal children driving in the top three series of NASCAR. And it's, it's it's just going to keep doing this until they step in or somebody goes so far over the line that somebody gets hurt like that. And, and even then, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the reasons, too, why he just keeps, you know, getting involved in these shenanigans, too. I mean, Ty Gibbs, look at his rise to the Cup Series. He's won in everything. Arca, Xfinity, you know, back when he was running some late models, I think, you know, um, he's won literally everything he's running. And now all of a sudden he's in the Cup Series and he's not quite the Billy badass he was, you know, in the other series. So there's a there's a yeah, there's a ton of, you know, a ton of bent up frustration, too. But like there's certain ways to channel that on track. And, you know, one thing you don't do is obviously pay someone back on pit lane. That is the, it's already dangerous enough being on pit lane, you know, whether you're a driver or, you know, just a crew member. Um, we certainly don't need any yeah, fatalities like, on pit lane. That was just like pure road rage right there. I'm sure if he thought it over, he would have done it, but that was just like a pure instinct mm-hmm. move. Like he was an eye racing or some nonsense, but like, yeah, I mean, look, he's 19. It's a well-known fact that teenagers have a hard time, much harder time controlling their emotions. They need to get older. They need to get more wisdom under their belt. I I think he'll go on to have a great career, but for now, like this stuff needs to be stopped. Like, you get, I, I'm totally on board with you, Jared. Like he should have been suspended for the Xfinity race. If Kyle Busch got suspended from his Cup race while he was a chase driver for junking Ron Hornaday, then this was like endangering the lives of the people on dirt road. This would be like zero tolerance. Like and the fact that it's equivalent, it was like an equivalent penalty to what Byron did is just like kind of a joke to me. Now it's basically just a slap on his wrist, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got to pay a lot of money, but you know, he's probably fine for money. He ain't got no But also too, when you look back at um, history too, I mean, when there's been other pit lane incidents, uh, for example, back in 2007, when uh, Kurt Busch um, at uh, Dover, he ran up on uh, Tony Stewart and his crew. Um, one of his crew guys had to literally jump out of the way on Tony Stewart's hood to avoid getting hit too. And I remember at the time thinking like, oh boy, like I think definitely a, a, um, a one race suspension should be um, definitely the, uh, um, the penalty. But unfortunately he, he um, got a, a, um, a points uh, penalty as well as a fine too. So since Ty Gibbs isn't in the cup series full time, obviously they would just fine him a ton of money and didn't just dock the owner's points. But yeah, at the end of the day, that's not going to really affect him because he's not going to drive that car next year. Um, unfortunately, NASCAR, they only like hand out these like major penalties if like something really bit like really terrible happens. You they know? care Obviously, what happened was bad, but he's certainly lucky it wasn't worse. Yeah, NASCAR ultimately has proven this year they care more about the result rather than the action itself. And since nobody got hurt in the Ty Gibbs one, I think that's ultimately exactly like you said, Darren, why he didn't get as bad a penalty. Whereas Noah Gregson. You wrecked a guy during green flag racing. We see that all the time, but he got a points penalty and a fine because 10 other cars got crashed as well. So they care more about the result than the actual action. It's, it's kind of annoying, but at least, at least 
they've been somewhat consistent on this, even though I think it is a flawed policy. <laughs> so I, I agree. I agree that it's flawed too. And I also, you know, it backs it's, uh, history backs up the fact that it is actually consistent with what they've done. A 25 point penalty today is equivalent to a hundred point penalty under like the Latford system that we had from 2010 on back. Um, and I look back at Kurt Bush's penalty and it was a hundred point penalty he got as well. So, I mean, a hundred points then is 25 points now. So it, it is equivalent, but I, I do agree that even if it is enforced the same way, it's, I don't think it's the right rule. I mean, sure. if, if, if I, I, I challenged a lot of uh, my younger viewers to, to do this, um, out of their own choosing, you know, but but look up 1991 why we have pit road speeds there's a reason and it was a similar issue with two cars getting together it wasn't on purpose but a car pushed another down pit road and unfortunately it was a horrible horrible thing that happened but like that that the same thing could have happened with four people especially two of them crouched down on the bottom of a car who could have been easily pinned between the two Let's freaking keep the pit road clean. All yeah, right. yeah. You know what's crazy mm-hmm. about that too? That was back in the era when they didn't have a uh, pit road speed limit. So they just came full this way willy so nilly down there. That's why that happened. Yeah, that's why. So, uh, hopefully, Ty Gibbs never does anything like that again. But unfortunately, we're not done talking about the uh, Ty Gibbs controversy because he wasn't only involved in that, but um, Eric Jones had called him out at three in the morning on Twitter. So these <laughs> man, these drivers, man, they just they have just snapped on Twitter, Eric man. Jones was just at the Waffle House, and all of a sudden he's like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah. So this. apparently, um, this was under caution, correct? Yeah. Under yeah. caution, uh, Ty Gibbs was slowing up, and so was Eric Jones, and he just happened to hit the back of him. Um, I think it was on the uh, the back stretch, I believe. And then um, um, under his apology tweet, Eric Jones said, basically um, had uh, said, don't ever bump me again under yellow. And basically ratioed him too. I was like, whoa. Like, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you hit me under yellow. I, I read that in the tone of the meme. Never talk to me or my son ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, look, man. I, look, I get why people aren't the biggest fans, um, biggest fans of uh, Ty Gibbs, man. I mean, and it's justified too. I mean, just this year alone, he has just done so much on and then, you know, off the track after the races and stuff that I don't know. I mean, he's definitely taking up that uh, Kyle Busch bad boy image for sure. The you driver know? of the 18 is going to be a bad boy. Yeah. Him. So, hey, you know, hey, if it works out for him, great. But oh, Eric, you're, sh- you're uh, shaking your head, though. You know, don't like that. Oh, well, I just yeah, I don't like it. I'm not I'm not happy that Ty Gibbs is continually playing the heel because I, I don't know like i want i want some of our up-and-coming superstars to be applauded instead we get hamlin booed kyle bush gets booed bubba sometimes gets booed i don't like let me cheer for some guys we just all we cheer for is elliot and larson we cheer for others too but yeah I I'm, cheer I'm, for McDowell. yeah mcdowell jared cheers for mcdowell he's the one guy shrieking every time mcdowell you know leads a lap uh, mcdowell <laughs> supremacy and we're going to talladega Oh god, they're very exciting. Right, what'd you say, Emp? We were muted. Who got who else got booed? John Cena spent his <laughs> entire career getting booed by who's part of the audience. John Cena did, Roman Reigns did for years, mm-hmm. and now they're all beloved by the WWE universe. 
Yeah. Well, hey, look, he's only 19. He still has time to turn, you know, to turn it around too. So uh, we'll see if he does that. But uh, definitely a uh, Cup Series talent without a doubt, but a uh, mentality of a... Uh, oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Driver. People belong to the Cup Series. Yeah. He will win races next year. Just get rid of that Arca Series mentality and you'll be good to go. I, I think I think he'll be good yeah. in the long run. It's just... I mean, I mean, yeah, we're sitting here talking bad things about teenagers, so, you know, it's kind of to be expected hey, at this point. Hey, but he's at the highest level, though. So, I mean, hey, I, he's, I he's, he can time. legally vote. We can talk all we want about him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a, there was a My Chemical Romance song that kind of fits this, just, just saying. What? <laughs> Teenagers. Oh, yeah. I was like, what? I'm not going to sing it because I want to get Darian Stream <laughs> yeah. taken down because I, I cussed more than a couple times. I was like, I didn't expect a My Chemical Romance reference on the NASCAR Weekly podcast, but yeah, here we go. Only season jet, five. Only, <laughs> take, jet, oh, but, only a matter of yeah. time. Yeah, but that is the Texas Cup Series weekend in a nutshell. Um, and it was the fourth playoff race, which means the, the playoff standings are completely different. Uh, once again, still not a single existing playoff driver has won yet. So it's really been a uh, a uh, wild playoffs this year. Let's uh, go for 10 for 10. Yeah, I would love that. No, no playoff driver wins. <laughs> that would be crazy. But let's go over the playoff uh, points really quick. Joey Logano is in first at plus 37. Ross Chastain plus 25. Kyle Larson plus 23. Ryan Blaney plus 22. Uh, Denny Hamlin plus 15, Daniel Suarez plus 11, and also Chase Elliott plus 11. And finally, in eighth position is Chase Briscoe plus seven. And then obviously on the outside looking in, Austin Cindric minus seven, William Byron minus eight. And again, he was plus 25 before the penalty, correct? 17. 17. Oh, still, I'm, mm, he could have had a cushion. Yourself in the foot. Well, man, that's your own fault. Man. You snitch on yourself. I'm that's right what happens. There <laughs> and then uh, Christopher Bell is minus 25. And, uh, Alex Bowman, minus 26, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, it's all there. Hey. I just want people to, to remember that I got ratioed for calling him the Kirk Cousins of NASCAR. And, uh, well, hang the banner. He made the round of 12. Oh, I don't know why people are going after you. Because all the time I look on Twitter, I see people like saying like he like he sucks. They should be out of the ride. I don't know. It's good that I said it. Look, I don't think Bowman sucks. He's just uh, look. He can. I mean, he's a serviceable driver. Okay, so he's probably going to be there for a while. He's good. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. Uh, don't don't undercut him. He's good. No, he's good or whatever. But at the very least, he's serviceable. His his um his floor is he's serviceable, and I think his ceiling is he's just either good or at very this, At this yeah. point, at this point, yeah. what he's done better than Casey Kane's and Kyrie, yeah. right? At this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just that when all those Kyle Busch rumors started, oh, everybody just started saying like, oh yeah, get Alex Bowman out of there and stuff. But no, it was more like. It was more like I think the Kyle Busch fans saw an opportunity for an elite ride to open up, and they were just grasping on for that yeah, chance. Yeah, definitely, for sure. How about Danny Suarez, though? Yeah. I mean, like, a lot of people were saying it's just going to be one of the first four out. And based on his regular season results, that was probably pretty reasonable. But he's put together a good stretch of races, and he's above the cut line now. Talladega's going to be a big test. He hasn't really had the best track record there. But if he can get through that, He's got a chance of making it to the round of eight, and that's going to be really good for him because knowing his career and how many times he was almost out of it, cut, let go by people, that's just going to be a great feel good story to see him get that far. Yeah, definitely. And another guy, too, to look out for. Hey, I had said that, hey, he might be the surprise guy to make the round of eight. Chase Briscoe. I mean, right now he's plus seven. 
Um, yes, we have Talladega, but we also have the Roval as well. And he's really good there too. So just be on the lookout. So he's definitely a surprise, but. Well, I'll, uh, I'll say this, that, uh, my, my guy that I was thinking would be, uh, right around this cut line and could make the round of eight is, is just under it is Austin Sindrick Daytona 500 winner. And we have a road course to end out this round. So I think as long as he stays in that like 10 point area, I think that he's going to be somebody you need to watch out for because he's been sneaky consistent this year and sneaky fast. And uh, and people are just overlooking him. They're, they're comparing him to the way that Briscoe has been running this year. And I, I just don't see it. He's been running way better. Yeah, I look at all four under the cut line right now, Cindric, Byron, Bell, and Bowman. And road courses and super speedways. I feel like all four of them are great there. Byron's one at super speedways. Cindric's one at a super speedway. We know he's a great road racer. Bell's a really good road racer. Uh, and I think he led laps at either the last super speedway or one of the ones before that. Uh, and Alex Bowman's a good road racer. He and Hendrick cars can win at super speedway. So um, if this is one of those cases where I think those four are probably happy with these two wildcard tracks coming up because it actually kind of suits them. So um, this leaderboard, I love seeing Briscoe above the cut line. I had Suarez going to the round of eight. I hope he holds on, but I don't know. The, the tracks line up well for the guys below the cut line, in my opinion. For, I think, specific, specifically to 24 and to 48, it's going to be imperative for them to work together this weekend at Talladega. Basically, 24 has got to stay right on the butt of the 48. 48's got to beat a one in front because he needs to point some more, a little bit more than the 24 does. Nine's got to follow him basically because he's he can't afford another mistake or else he's he's right down there with him. Yeah, he's um, only plus eleven, man. Yeah, so basically Larson's got a cushion, which he when does he ever have a cushion going to Talladega usually except for last year? That's kind of a rarity for him. So he's kind of in a good spot to have that because this isn't traditionally one of his greatest tricks. I know he I know he ran good here in the spring, but it's not traditionally a good track for Kyle Larson because usually luck is not on his side, but you know, I think, yeah, just going back to that, the Hendrick two at the bottom, they got to work together this weekend. Um, going back to the Roval success, Chase is good there at the Roval. Larson's one there at the Roval. I think Bowman at one time had an average finish like two at the Roval. So I'm not too worried about them. Uh, really not too worried about all four of those guys. But like Eric was saying, they're all really, they all can really both, all four of them be good at super speedways and road courses. Really, this entire round of 12, the people in that can be good at these tracks. So it'll be interesting. It's not done yet for those four at the bottom, but it's going to be imperative for them to have good weekends. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. But uh, another thing we need to talk about, too, is the ratings. And eh, they were okay, I guess. But um, the ratings overall, a 1.11 rating. A total of uh, of 1.9 million viewers. Unfortunately, it is minus um, 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 it is uh, down by nine percent uh, from the same weekend a season ago, and uh, it did have a 45 minute rain delay, so that obviously is uh, going to affect it. But uh, so far, the playoffs are down 19 percent total from 2021. So and that's, and, that's just yeah. Them, so why do you think that is? Man? I mean, I was watching the Jags instead of the Texas race. Um, I guess psychologically, just just in this country, the NFL's king, fantasy football, all that stuff. You, it's foolish to compete with it, yeah. and this might be something they have to think about going forward because, like, they're just getting crushed. I mean, uh, 
the playoffs was supposed to help boost the ratings, and uh, it's not looking like that's happening. So I mean, you're you're not wrong. I mean, I'm the four in this room right now. I'm like the only one who doesn't do fantasy football. I know all th- three of you guys are doing fantasy football. Three and zero, by the way. All of us. Got to get that bragging. Yeah. But I mean, I'm still paying attention to the Tennessee Titans. I'm paying attention to the Balls who beat your Florida Gators on Saturday. By the way, <laughs> uh, but you know, I'm paying attention to football as well as NASCAR. So you know, you're not wrong that even your most diehard NASCAR fans are going to want to tune in the football when it's on. Football is always right now. Football though always happens this time of year. So why is this year's playoffs trending so much further down than last year's? And is it burnout with the playoffs? Is it uh, you know, championship drivers not doing well. Is it, you know, the tire failures, the rate, the quality of racing turning people off? Is it just USA Network? This is the first year of USA being the go-to channel during football season. Is that confusing people? Is that driving people away? Because at the beginning of the summer, felt like USA was actually giving a boost. Now, maybe somehow the correlating with the NFL, that's not the case anymore. I don't know. What do you think, Jared? Uh, for me, I'm just, it, it, it gets a little, you know, and and yes, I know that NASCAR is an older audience, but for me, every single year that we get more into a streaming era, a, you know, phone era, computers everywhere, it gets, when it comes to NASCAR fans not watching when something else is on, it kind of, it, it irks me that we always blame that. But if NASCAR does well, then it's because NASCAR is just doing a lot better. Where Where I sit is that, if you want to watch the race, you can, like you have the ability to, like I was telling these guys here that like in a couple weeks here, I'm going to be able to have two football games up while the race is going and watch anything I want. And, and you see this all over the place that people can watch TV from their computer. You can, you can watch a football game from your computer while watching USA on TV. And that is the trend that viewers are going in right now is what is having multiple screens on to check everything all at once. And so that's where I kind of, you know, that yes, the NFL is on, but the NFL has been on against NASCAR basically forever since it's been on TV. It's not a new problem that came up. It's not like it's, you know, the XFL or whatever that, that Fox and NBC were pushing over it for a little bit. It's not like something new like that popped up. Like we've known about the NFL for decades and, now all of a sudden it's a huge problem. Well, the NFL is more popular now than it's ever been, I believe. That's probably true. Yeah, Monday night ratings were up. Yeah. I, I also just the last two years too. So well, this year again. I do just want to add really really quick that attendance for these four playoff races, at least maybe not Kansas, but Bristol. At about 100,000 people there. Texas, more people there than they did uh, last year and probably the year before, well, the year before COVID, but definitely the uh, 2021 fall race had better attendance. And uh, Darlington, that was, was that a sellout crowd at Darlington? That was way better than the spring throwback race. Um, so attendance seems up, as has been the case for most of this year, but TV viewership is down. I don't, it is a weird correlation. That's why I think USA might play a role, but I think you make a good point. Do you think NFL, the NFL, if, if anything, has actually like expanded their audience share in recent years, even more so than they already had? So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. A lot of theories. It's, it's hard. YouTubers are taking, they're taking away all the attention. Yeah, dang it. Yeah. Tree and five points. Come on, guys. <laughs> I mean, but, but it's, it is, I raised it again, is that. Yeah, I mean, the NFL might be, you know, this year might be more watched, but in years past, it was less watched. So it's, 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 the NFL is stable with where it's at. Like, to, to me, it, 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 
I feel like it's something that NASCAR needs to look into more. It can't be just because when when you look at at the way that USA was doing, like yes, it might confuse fans a little bit, but at the same time, you know, they've they they went up on USA and we were talking about almost a record-breaking streak of races that we went up and it, it just it feels like overall and I mean I've seen it on on YouTube I've seen it on Twitter I've seen it on on you know we see it with the ratings is that every year no matter you know if the NFL's against it or not like the same weekend last year was up against Sunday night football which which gets you know honestly from what it looks like for the most part more viewers than even the early day games mm-hmm. it was in prime time and yes we can talk about that there was a rain delay for for 45 minutes this year but at the same time usually when NASCAR gets bumped into prime time it actually bumps the rating up so I feel like it's at a point now we're going to find out for sure as long as it doesn't rain, knock on wood, we're going to find out when we go to NBC if this is fully an NASCAR issue because it was a cable issue with Fox. FS1, it was a cable issue earlier this year, but it was not down as much as as these last four races have been down. We're going to find out in the next couple weeks when we have Talladega, the Roval, it looks like it's not going to rain in Talladega, so we'll find out a little bit compared to years past here. The Roval, we can race in the rain. We're going to find out, you know, through Las Vegas. I'm assuming it's not going to rain in Las Vegas. Like, we'll find out the next three weeks if it's a playoff issue or if it's a, if it's a you know, just a USA issue. That's what we're going to find out, I think. Yeah, only time will tell. We'll see what happens with that. But what do we got next? Yeah, as far yeah, that that'll do it for the uh, the um, the um, the Cup Series side of things. But um, we had one more race over um, over the uh, the weekend too, the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Yes, okay, Noah Gregson. Excuse me. Oh, well, I don't see it in. Oh, there it is. Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry about that. The itinerary looks way different on my phone. But yeah, it's time. For- there, and do you want to tell us what it's time for? Yes, it is time for y'all know it the poll, the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR weekly podcast. I, I love how Emp has headphones on and yeah, covered his ears, anyway. Now, I do understand <laughs> we perhaps have a new poll record this week. Yeah, the people come out to voice their pleasure or displeasure <laughs> in Texas. What do you want? Well, you'll see, you'll see. Um. Best track in the biz. Woo-hoo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I asked, what did you think of the 2022 Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500? That just rolls off the tongue. Um, 7% of you said that this was a great race. Woohoo. Lucky seven. Yeah. 7%. You are. Yep. Good. I didn't know baby. Uh, 13, 13% of you said it was a good race. 14% of you said it was an average race. 13% of you said below average. 54% of the voters said that it was a bad race. Now, mm. now, you might think it's just negative NASCAR fans. No, our audience is actually more positive than most NASCAR fans are, at least from what we've seen. I went back through all the polls that we've done. We have done well over 100. This is the highest net negative ever. Before this was 2019, the June Pocono race, 43%, net negative for that race. We had more that thought this race was bad than they thought that the Pocono race was negative. I'm sorry. I'm struggling to figure out why was that one so bad? Couldn't pass. Like literally could not physically pass. Yeah. So I'm surprised Kansas 2020 and 
this year's all-star race aren't up there as well they're up there they're close but this well not close actually they're not that that close um <laughs> it was it was bad Damn, even the all-star race i thought that would have i thought that was the record holder the all-star race was just under pocono so it was like third but looking at uh at some of what people said i'll, I'll read a, a bit of what people said in the chat first off first comment i'll ask you guys you can just yell it from off screen here if you need so from spencer uh Purcell, I think, is how you say her name. And, he, and I, I want to ask, is it positive, negative, or meme? Just yell it over to me. And meme, meme, negative. negative. Hold on, IDK, what do you think? Meme. Meme, positive, <laughs> or negative. What do you think? Meme. forgot IDK right. was here. Well, they said, well, that was something. Don't know what to say. On to Talladega. Neutral. Uh, neutral. <laughs> I like that as negative, I think. What? I'll say that's neutral. You I just agree. say, well, that was something. That doesn't sound good. Let's just pretend that way. There's no comment, basically. Yeah. That was yeah. like a Chase Elliott answer. We just went straight to Todd Aga from Bristol, right? <laughs> nothing in between. No. Looking at what we got here in the chat, I'm going to read a couple of these, and then I hope we can read the negative ones at the bottom. Well, actually, maybe the positive ones will be the ones that are downvoted this week. <laughs> no. So, Cad... Kadoti, I think is how you say the name, says, fun fact, when I worked at a tire shop, my boss told me, if you get a good year out of good year, it's been a good year. Definitely makes sense to me now. Uh, that was, wow, that one was like well, really, really upvoted compared to all the others. Uh, Steve left in the chat, this race is the perfect representation of Kyle Busch's season. Small glimmers of hope, only to be demolished by chaos. Um, Mars 07 as says fun fact in the whole gen seven era there has never been an active playoff driver that's won a playoff race um yeah that that that's one correct uh let's see xylo production says craziest race of the year while it was hectic i'm sure glad i didn't miss it wow i'm surprised we got that one jim i'm glad i did <laughs> Jim says, uh, reminded me of the Brickyard Caution Flag 400 with all the tire issues. I was expecting NASCAR to start throwing competition cautions every 30 laps in the final stage. Uh, I'll scroll down a little bit before we get to the very bottom. Like, this is this is how surprising it was. We had 14.7k votes, which is actually pretty low for this time of year, and we had over 500 comments, which is way higher than usual. So, like, People have stuff to say. Yeah. yeah. Like, let me get this off my off. So let's get it all the way to the bottom here because it's it's just a lot of the same oh, stuff about tires. I that I think that's the thing. I think the negative ones might be the ones who are voted to the top and the, the positive ones are <laughs> voted to the bottom. We might we might get some positivity out Opposite of the end of this day. All right, let's see. We could get someone just straight up cussing out everything. Probably just salty Elliot fans. Yeah. <laughs> uh let's see. I'm not going to read the really long one, but we got a couple here. Joey Cantone says, literally the worst NASCAR race I've ever watched. <laughs> Razor underscore 24 says, absolute junk. The tires are junk. Goodyear's a junk company, and the track is junk. Again, I want to reiterate, this is not me saying this. I'm just reading what people say at home. So You're negative Yeah, I'm negative. <laughs> Fake Super says... Uh, God, this track is awful. Ben says embarrassingly bad. And wow, man, people don't like that Andrew keeps ranking all of the races. Um, but looking at it, wow, he ranked this race over the Martinsville race, the dual races, and the all-star race. 
Okay. You know to be what? fair, like I against, I would agree if that Martinsville one. Yeah, but yeah. you said people don't like. You have to base it off expectations a little bit, you know. Like Martinsville, you expect a barn burner, and when it sucks, it sucks. Texas, we all expected this to be a two and a half, three hour snooze fest, and it wasn't that at the very least. So, you know, you know. Why was everybody quiet? Sorry, this is getting tough to keep muting and unmuting this microphone over here. Yeah, no, it's all good, man. But uh, it does that conclude the poll? Yes, and that'll do it for the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Okay, now let's get into the Xfinity Series race. Noah Gregson, uh, all of a sudden, he's uh, this generation's Mister September, the hottest driver in NASCAR right now. Yes, without a doubt, uh, four straight wins. He's going to go for five this weekend at Talladega. Um, but he, yeah, he man, didn't he's on a roll. Excuse me, he didn't throw up the something. Did he? Th- I don't. Did he throw up? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Sneak maybe yeah, maybe in his mouth just a little. Maybe he, he held he it in. Go get Waffle House afterwards. <laughs> he he might have burped. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would make but, sense. But, but how many wins is this for him this year now? Uh, it's definitely a career Six high. Wins total mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Six wins. Seven. Or, no, he says he said seven. Is it seven? Am I making my wrong? I remember last year people writing off as a bust before he went on that hot streak, but it just goes to show extra few years in Xfinity what it does to drivers and not rushing them up to cup immediately. And Noah Gregson, uh, he needed that time too. He needed that extra time and not only trucks, but Xfinity as well. Because what, this is his fourth year now, Danny? Fourth. Uh, yeah, something like that. I think he was in the KBM trucks in 2018. Yeah, he was in the 2019 home series. Mm-hmm. I remember him being there. So yeah, that was a rookie season. Yeah. So he's definitely come a long way for sure. Definitely a cup series ready, in my opinion. And I think in a lot of uh, people's opinions as well. And he's going to a to a um a uh, a team that's on the rise in GMS uh, Petty I'm, Racing. I'm just so, like, I'm enjoy when all you can, Gregson, because I'm really worried once he goes up, it's gonna be last to see him win for a while. It's gonna yeah. be a learning curve, without a doubt. It is definitely gonna be a learning curve, a learning curve. We so saw, like Briscoe got what eight wins. Yeah, pretty much couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, I, yeah. That I want to ask you guys real quick, kind of on that note. So when he when he announced he was going to Petty GMS, who's a fine organization, they seem to be on the up and up. Jones is showing that they're somewhat competitive. But when he signed that deal, he only had three wins on the year. Since signing that deal, he's won four straight. He's got a couple other top fives as well. Do you guys think? If he'd waited, do you think he might have got a, an offer from a better team? Do you think maybe uh, RCR would have looked at him? Do you think even Colleague maybe would have thrown an offer out? I don't know that Colleague's better than Petty GMS, but I don't know. Jared, what do you think? I think, and I think that there's history to back this up, I think that as soon as you get pressure off of him, he'll win. Because if well, you look, remember back when we thought he was struggling in 2020 and they finally got the contract stuff done? He went and he won two races in a row with Darlington and Richmond. Then mm-hmm. he gets the stuff done when it comes to getting to Petty GMS next year, wins all these different races as the best guy in the Xfinity series. So I think it's all about timing, but I think, I mean, yes, he would have got a better offer at this rate. He would have, but at the same time, he, has he so might not have won four in a row. Yeah, he, he had so much yeah. pressure on him right now. Like like before that, if you look at the races and how his performance was and after, I'm sure you can see a huge difference. I mean, he seems faster. Um, so I just I think that it's just the pressure off of him. I think next year you're gonna you're gonna see the same kind of deal that you yeah. saw at the start of this year. 
And to kind of piggyback off that, just to add to your point, I remember the reasons he cited leaving KBM for junior motorsports is because he kind of longed for the more laid back, friendlier atmosphere of junior motorsports. KBM was a little too intense. It sounded like Kyle Busch is a very demanding boss. He expects perfection. And I just don't think that gelled with, with Noah Gregson's personality. So kind of just adding to your point, Jared, I think that even further backs it up that you're right. He, he thrives um, when, you know, there isn't as much pressure on him, I suppose, which is going to be interesting when he gets to Phoenix this year, he was in the championship race last year, I believe didn't win it obviously, but it was there competitive. If he gets to Phoenix this year, pressure's back on. Can he, can he perform? It's one thing to perform when there is no pressure, but ultimately in pro sports, there will be times when you're under immense pressure and hopefully he's, he's up to it sooner rather than later. Yeah. I was just imagining Kyle Bush looking at his prospects. And it's like, he hasn't run through 10 races. He's killed. He's killed. <laughs> he's killed. He's dead. <laughs> Send him to JRM. Yeah. But, uh, you know, talk about the pressure and stuff. You know, he won Darlington, Kansas, and then Bristol. Oh, great. All won dirty races in a row at that point, but those weren't racing the playoffs. Then he goes and wins first race in the playoffs, and that's like takes a lot of pressure off him because now he gets to go into Talladega where he actually won in the spring and he could win again. Uh, he gets to go in there with no pressure of the playoffs on him. He gets to go into the Roval with uh, no, no pressure on him there. And then the next round, yeah, he might could win Las Vegas. That's the way he did oh, it. He's ran, he's ran good but in that round, there is a track that he deserves to win because he's had it go out oh, of his fingers so many times now. That's right. Homestead Miami Speedway. He's got to have that one circled. I'm sure he wants redemption there, and that one could get him into the championship race. Oh, that is David Starr in the field. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> Make sure the Waterburger car is not there. He's found every way <laughs> possible to lose that one. Yeah. But Noah Gregson, I mean, you talk about pressure and stuff, how he thrives just, you know, in a uh, in a very chill environment. Like, yeah, if you um, if he uh, would have waited longer, he could have gotten a better ride. But then better ride um, equals higher expectations. So I, I think this is a decent ride. He's going to go to next year. Where that better ride would have been. Yeah. There's not going to be some of Hendrick, R- RCR pretty much fell into the lap of Kyle Busch. And- yeah. At this at this point, if Tony Stewart's team can't get Kyle Larson, Kyle Bush, <laughs> I, I, they're struggling to get anyone. So I don't know why they would have went with Noah Gregson. Yeah, I think GMS is good fit. Yeah, it's for all intents and purposes probably a side grade to the equipment he's getting at Kyle. And GMS they look fast this year in certain weeks. Yeah, yeah they have potential. They're definitely putting that team in the right direction. And you have Eric Jones as a teammate. He's a proven winner. Um, he's uh, what is this? Is like fifth year in the Cup Series now? Yeah. I, and it just goes back to it. He probably could have won Talladega back earlier this year. He did win Darlington. So he is proven it's not necessarily the equipment with that team. So, yeah. Yeah, compared to 2018, 2019, they're looking pretty hopeless. Yeah. They're a lot better now. And who knows? They might be like the next uh, track house next year. Yeah. You never know, especially with this yeah. next gen car. On the subject of track house, though, like they kind of fell off a little bit here like they both uh, you know they're still okay but they're not like what we yeah. thought of them earlier this is still got both guys both cover yeah still got both of them yeah that's all that oh, yeah. but uh yeah, we'll see um how noah gregson develops in the cup series next year but yeah that'll do it for the xfinity series and we are now at that point in the show where we have reached the first super chat stage break idk yep go into the tab and just refresh the super chats let me know when you have it up and i will start a timer for you all right, give me one moment. Yes, let's give him a moment, y'all. He finally has to work now. He's just been chilling on his phone for a lot of the show, man. I'm glad you woke him up finally. Yeah. 
All right, so this is the one from. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me start the timer. Three, two, one, go. This goes uh, comes from Antar Das. It's a four ninety nine. This race is up there with Indy two thousand eight minus the concussions. Absolute joke. At <laughs> at this point, who's more of a joke, NASCAR or the government? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I don't think we're gonna go that route. I'll go with the government. <laughs> Still government. <laughs> it's always been the government. Yeah, always the government. I'm staying out of that one. <laughs> Good. Uh, the second one comes from Isaac. This two dollars. Anyone else burned out on attrition race uh, races? I am. Uh, we took two like weeks. Now. It's just like don't do it all the time. Yeah, Eric. To your point, we've had it for two straight weeks. Huh? Yeah. I can see that. I'm it's longing fun. for a more straightforward race once again. Yeah. <laughs> Missed those. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing. A little element of attrition return is just another aspect that makes races more dynamic and interesting yeah. having to take care of the equipment yeah. uh this one comes from joseph and it was just five dollars and just super chat oh thank you for the five dollars joseph crash the hedgehog 91 five dollars petty gms looking like they got a slam dunk with getting no aggressive especially with that hot streak yeah no i think so yeah and eric jones is on the team so they got a bright future there's another good driver coming out of Toyota. So, so oh, yeah. <laughs> the angry Irishman, he dropped the 10 saying, uh, Darian, you better tell M and everyone about Maroots Club or else that's $5 bounty on iRacing. It gets race attended, Jimmy. Yeah. So, we have a um, YouTuber by the name of Michael Maroots. I've seen some of his clips. Yeah. 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 He's a funny okay. guy. Funny guy. Big Jimmy Johnson fan. I think he's a Chase Elliott fan now, though. Uh, my, um, my brother. Love them. Yeah, but yep. Um, if you're not in um, Roots Club, join it. This goes from Hot Charlie, five dollars. <laughs> I, I will be at Talladega Sunday. Also, I have made plans to see the tall man. I guess he's somewhere. Oh, well, hey, yeah. we'll be there too. So you'll yep. see not just him. But yeah, we'll be out in the midway actually. Oh, go ahead, Eric. Sorry. Uh, that's all I was just saying. We'll be out in the midway at uh, I think on Sunday it's 10 30 is when I'm planning to be out there. So yeah, definitely stop by and say hi. Yeah. All right. Now next one's from Nick. This is five bucks. I don't know what was a worse decision, turning on the Texas race or having hope in the Lions. Oh, hey, Skull. your hey, your Lions aren't that bad this year, though. Hey, There's Detroit. some hope. Detroit looks a lot better than last year. Yeah. They'll still lose on Thanksgiving. Though. <laughs> Detroit and Jared Stop doing the boxing thing going crazy. <laughs> oh, hold on. Hold on. Change the camera. Yeah. Right. He's right. doing the he's doing the YMCA. Goal. Goal. YMCA. It's fun to stay at the. See, if you do it this way, it's it's Jerry. If you do it this way, it's him on Saturday. Let's go. All right. So that is the timer. Um. So yeah, that'll conclude. Uh, uh, excuse me. I can't even talk. That'll conclude. Uh, the first round of the um, of super chats on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And uh, before we move any further, we have to thank the fine folks over at Lionel Racing Diecast, the official diecast of NASCAR. Ordered the new. Oh yeah, it's all good. Um, ordered the new 2022 diecast of your favorite NASCAR driver. Um, now at Lionel Racing. Oh, I thought you were giving it to me. My bad. Now at. Now at LionelRacing.com or any authorized Lionel retailer. So, fellas, show it off. I'm stretching out to do this. But, no, I, I, this is the only uh, 22, 2022 die cast that I've got. It's the Alex Bowman Ally Chevrolet from 2022. 
Uh, it's the liquid color elite version of it. So uh, color on this one has a really nice like light shine and uh, looks just like the real car. I'm mm -hmm. really, really happy with the detail on this. Yes, and I have the 2014 Jeff Gordon diecast. Uh, he won a lot of races this year and uh, also, uh, you know, got into Brad Keselowski as well. Jeff Gordon fans remember that too. Uh, sorry, guys, pain. But yeah, no, I love the detail on this diecast. I uh, love the red on this too. It's uh, one of my favorite Jeff Gordon schemes of all time. Yeah. All right. I've been watching the show and I came prepared for the segment. Oh, I have no way. Oh, oh, okay. 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 Sorry. Check it out, folks. Dude. I've never seen this before. It was uh, at a local thrift store. Jimmy Johnson is last in his last year in the Cup Series. It was Destiny. I don't, I don't typically collect diecast that much anymore, but when I saw this, I had to pick it up. My boy, Jimmy Johnson, arguably the goat. I don't know if uh, I don't know the shows up here at the bottom, but. They get the little driver profile. Oh, and uh, all you ladies out there, it says marital status single. So if you're looking for <laughs> future seven-time champion, are, are you going to buy into this bachelor? You're going to get a good return on this. I can't actually put that on diecast back in the day. They like, were so like, detailed. What's the point of that? I don't know. They were so detailed. It feels a little invasive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, look at the guy in this diecast. Oh, he's single. Um, Eric, um, what's your diecast? Uh, I've shown this one off recently because I only got it a couple months ago, but I want to show it off again because this is Talladega week. And 10 years ago this year, Matt Kenseth won that dramatic fall Talladega race when basically everybody but Kenseth crashed uh, in turn four on the final lap. I remember watching that race very, very well, vividly remember it. And so when I found this diecast earlier this summer, I, it was one of the must haves in my collection. So I just want to show this off again. Well, it is Talladega. Or as some have called it before, Talladega. Dale Jr. It's Ooh. a raced win, 2003, Ooh. when he won his fourth straight race at Talladega. I had to, I had to bring it out. I always love the detail on this thing. You can see all the like, well, where the black tape was. You see on the side, eight all messed up. It's just a beautiful car, beautiful win. He totally. Totally was forced under the yellow line, and there's no no argument whatsoever, nothing whatsoever from you, Johnson or Kenseth fans. I see all of you, literally. Uh, just pretty good diecast to have for this weekend. Yeah, I'll allow it. It is good. Is it weird, like seeing that diecast there? The black almost looks like being natural as part of that scheme for some reason. It's beautiful. I mean, it fits. <laughs> Definitely does, but yes, um, that'll conclude uh, this edition of the Lionel Diecast Racing segment on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Um, also, don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentic um, uh, Diecast at a Walmart near you. Okay, well, we are now at that point in the show. Uh, what's the weather forecast looking like? It, it, it's going crazy right now. So it's, uh, well, it doesn't look like it's going crazy. I see it's a uh, it's, it's a going, bit clear. It's going crazy down yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, 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 goodness. Oh, yeah. It's, where I was from, where where I came from. It's yeah. Not, the weather's not looking good right now. No, but, oh, hold on. Is it as crazy as the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast? Oh gosh, I see what people are talking about. Uh, <laughs> now you get to feel. <laughs> now I get to feel it for sure. Jarrett, what do we have on tap for today? Well, we got a little bit here, and uh, get used to having me on the screen for a bit. Starting off, McLaren is uh, in serious conversations about Kyle Busch attempting the 2023 Indianapolis 
500 with sponsorship potentially from Menards, according to Adam Stern. Uh, he'll be getting hard for Menard. Jarrah Motorsports is still exploring whether a NASCAR Cup Series program makes business sense for the team. The charters being over $20 million is actually not a deal breaker for them, and the decision still remains 50-50, according to Kelly Earnhardt. Yeah, and, it's just money. <laughs> uh, looking, at, looking at what else we got here, drivers actually are really, really concerned that Texas will become another super speedway, and they are not in favor about it whatsoever. Uh, that couch just collectively groaned in the distance. <laughs> it's just, it, it, you just hear it like echo away as I move the mic. No, like zombies. Uh, this would, this would be pertinent for for somebody that's in here. Jimmy Johnson is set to retire from full time driving and will focus on trophy hunting now. Let's, let's get a live uh, amp reaction. Yeah, this the single Bush here. Jimmy back in the ninety two. Ah, time's There you go. Jimmy to the Xfinity series. I know. Jimmy, Jimmy to the world of outlaws. There you go. Jimmy did the 54 to replace Ty Gibbs and Xfinity. So looking at some some other stuff that's been going, uh, Team Penske withdrew their appeal of the penalty on the number 12 team, meaning that crew chief Jonathan Hassler, as well as the Jackman and Reader tire changer, will miss Talladega, the Roval, and Las Vegas coming up. Um Trevor Bain will be in the 18 car for the Xfinity Series at Talladega this weekend. Not Drew Dollar like originally was reported. Uh, and Talladega will be the last race in a bittersweet fitting way for Brandon Brown at Brandon Built Motorsports in the 68 car as he will not return to the team in 2023. Uh, so a bit of a tough deal there. Uh, Kurt Busch has said that he feels better but is not really ready he needs more work uh on his balance and his vision but he still wants to return to 2311 and 23 and he said if ever possible 22 though to be real that probably wouldn't matter at this point you know um and then last two things here talladega super speedway is offering refugee areas or refuge areas uh for the hurricane evacuees in three of their campgrounds this weekend so yeah House gets destroyed, but at least you get to see a NASCAR race. Uh, and then Atlanta Motor Speedway will be doing the same thing with select camping areas outside turn one and two uh, at that racetrack. And since there's no racing action this weekend, they might be expanding that as it goes. Uh, and then the last one, not really too awful big, but Chris Busher will be having a new number font for a 17 car next year for that's RFK. huge. That's huge you. news. I, I, as a longtime 17 fan, I love seeing minor modifications. I just hope and I'm glad they aren't bringing back the uh, Kenseth Riser 17. Let that let that live in that era and that era only. Only for throwbacks. Throwbacks, it's allowed, of course. It, it looks like a very Christopher number. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. New era for the 17. Hopefully, it uh, helps produce wins. I don't know. If not, at least it will look good on track. But uh, that'll do it for another edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast Lightning Round. Now, back to the show. What is next? Eric? Oh, my bad. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering well, why. Just because you're not here doesn't mean you can slack like this. Well, I'm I wondering got the ad last week. And well, I'm wondering why. I was just wondering why half of our itinerary was highlighted in this Google Doc. I was afraid somebody was going to accidentally hit the delete button and we would have to scramble. <laughs> 
Um, but no, this episode is also sponsored by Forney Industries. You guys, like people in the chat, they already know what was coming. They didn't need me to uh, to do it for them. But Forney Industries offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more uh, for do-it-yourselfers uh, and all the way up to professionals. Um, Forney has everything you need for your next major project. Their link is down in the description below. You can shop uh, their full line of products at Forney Ind. Dot com. That's com, or look for their logo at an authorized Forney dealer near you. Um, yeah. Apologies for that, guys. I took I take a week off and I get completely distracted. That's on me. That's my bad. Uh, but back to you, Darian, on the couch. Hey, it's all good, Eric. We all make mistakes. I've been there. It's all good, man. But uh, the last topic before we move into the Talladega preview, uh, NASCAR veterans growing off, man. They're just snapping, man. It just... Oh, my goodness. Where do I start? Kyle Busch called out NASCAR's officiating of the Byron versus Hamlin incident. Then you had Denny Hamlin calling out Goodyear as well. Kevin Harvick goes after literally everyone um, in his thread or in the sport. Then Chase Elliott calls out Justin Marks publicly. He ended up ratioing him. And finally, Eric Jones goes after Ty Gibbs. We had saw that. We had talked about that earlier. Uh Danny, I'll start off with you, man. Uh, just, what do you think? Why are veterans just snapping all of a sudden now? It's just just years in the making. Yeah. At this point, what are they going to do? Tell them they can't race anymore. They they done race their whole career, basically. At, at, at this point, feel free to say whatever you want. You should be able to say that. You've been racing in this sport. You've you, you've dedicated. You've sacrificed your whole life to this sport. You should be able to give your opinion on what you think is best for your career path. Mm-hmm. I think it's just as simple as that. If you are an expert at this, if you have literally devoted your whole life to this, you shouldn't be told, hey, you got to be quiet and keep your opinion to yourself. You should feel free to voice your opinion to the sport that you're competing in. Well, on that note, Danny, up until recently, drivers weren't allowed to, sh- they, they were told that you can't, mm-hmm. if you have something negative, say, don't say it, or you're going to get fined. The action's detrimental to stock car racing. But I, mean, I wondered when Harvick, you know, started selling his crappy ass parts t-shirts, I wondered if NASCAR was going to like either pull him aside and, and maybe hand him out a secret fine or tell him, Hey, you need to take that down. Clearly they didn't. He's been doubling down. I saw he released like a crappy tires t-shirt today. So I, I think the bigger question is, there's two bigger questions. One, um, why, like you just asked Darian, why are drivers speaking out about more topics these days than they have in recent years? And I guess, secondly, is this actually good for the sport or what does this tell us about how things are happening behind the scenes? Does this tell us that your know, drivers don't feel listened to? I think in some respects that's probably true, but in other respects, like Kevin Harvick kind of got put in his place a couple weeks ago when he discussed NASCAR is too cheap to fix any of the fire issues. Meanwhile, NASCAR behind the scenes was working on a fix and was implementing it just a couple of days later. So, you know, are the drivers accurate in feeling that way? I don't know. Is this good that all this is being aired publicly? I think that's the bigger question. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like how much dirty laundry is NASCAR want there want to be out there? That's the big thing of it. But you know, like like I said, Harvick has been able to go in and profit off of this with those shirts being sold. But I don't know. Yeah, you go into the actions detrimental to stock car racing deal but then if you go and say hey you can't sell shirts then he's going to go around and say well you didn't say nothing mr bowman about selling those hack shirts now uh, so then you're going to get into that kind of territory let's let's be honest too about some of these guys they're almost at the end of the road mm, they don't it, care it's not it's not going to matter if you get suspended or whatever they've done harvick at this harvick truex all these guys have done all that they could have done in their career. It's like, what are you going to do? Suspend me? What are you going to do? Find like, me? Find me? Yeah. Basically, it's like, okay, fine. I don't want to be here anyways. Yeah. 
And like someone like Chase Elliott is the most popular driver. That comes with a certain level of uh, protection. See, Chase Elliott is someone who surprises me because yeah. I'll notice when he has more time to craft his tweet and his thoughts in that way, he will say whatever he wants there. But then when I was at Bristol and I asked him, you know, straight up, you know, do you think the NASCAR needs to do something in this package after what happened? And I, he just said, uh, it said something along the lines of, uh, that, that's not up to me. I don't make that call. I'm not going to say anything about that. And I get that in a heated moment. You don't want to say something you regret. But it's also like, you are the most popular driver. You should be able to say mm -hmm. how you feel about the sport. Well, well, I, I'll say, I'll ask this. I mean, because to me, this is a little more, uh, I won't say bigger, but it, it's definitely more noticeable than people are really making it out to be. When is the last time we've seen virtually every veteran in the sport just pissed and just basically putting it all out there? We didn't see it with the last generation when they were retiring. You'd, you know, you look back and you didn't see it literally every week having five or six main veterans doing this every week. Like, I think this is a bigger deal than people are making it out to be like there's you know there's guys that are older yes like like harvick and hamlin but kyle bush chase elliott eric jones you know i saw there were a couple others that had a little more minor ones like drivers are out here now and more force than we've seen in recent years and it, it almost feels like it feels like because it's on twitter everyone's kind of ignoring it and yes i'd say ignore most of the people on twitter but when it's the drivers using what is essentially the public space for what they have now like this is, I think, a lot bigger than people want to say. Like drivers, I think, are fed up with a lot of what's going on. Whether it's whether it's with some of the younger guys in their competition, with the stuff that tracks are wanting to do, NASCAR. Like net, net drivers over the last couple of years are just getting more and more and more fed up. And it's like, eventually, when some of these leaders of the garage snap, there's going to have drivers that follow them, whatever that might be. Yeah, this reminds me of uh, one of those. Um interview segments I saw on YouTube probably produced five or six years ago was Tony Stewart getting interviewed by Kyle Petty. And I believe he recalls an incident. This might've been when NASCAR was first um, announcing the plan for the playoffs with the drivers. I think he said something along the lines of he and like a bunch of other drivers went to NASCAR and like present a list of grievances or more so like a list of like, look, here's what we're doing wrong. And here's what we can do to make the sport better. And then he said, whoever that NASCAR executive was, they presented the complaints to that basically said, no, you're wrong. We're just, we're going to do it our way. Okay. And um, it might've reached a boiling point now where the drivers are like, okay, you're not listening to us. You're making the car more dangerous. You're like doing all this nonsense with the playoff system. We're just going to go into the public space. It's like, what are you going to do to us? You know, we've, we've, we've gone past the point of settling things privately it seems so maybe that's what we're seeing now i, I yeah. would almost argue kind of in, in that same vein but also sort of opposite of that is maybe they're talking a little bit more going more public with this because for the first time since you know brian or pre-brian you know for the first time in decades maybe they feel nascar is actually listening like i think about some things that drivers have actually been able to get changed in the last year like for one the push to bring some a place like north wilkesboro back a lot of drivers have been pulling for that. Dale Earnhardt Jr., of course, most notably. Um, horsepower. This year is supposed to be another year of 550 horsepower until the drivers and, and teams said late in a test last year that, hey, we got it. We can't do this. And NASCAR, they listened. Maybe they were kind of uh, uh, unhappy about it, but they did. They did make that change. And they, they did make some changes to the cars to help with some of the impacts. They just haven't done enough. I think there's 
I think some of this was to be expected because it's a huge culture shift this year with the whole new car and how it's being put together is completely different. Some teams and drivers for those teams are always going to like it more than others, but but I don't know. I, I would argue that maybe NASCAR is actually listening. And so that's why the drivers feel one empowered to speak up more because, you know, NASCAR is not going to just shut them down immediately. Um, and two, because NASCAR actually has made some changes in the last year that I think, you know, the era Tony Stewart's talking about NASCAR would have dug their heels in and absolutely said, no, I, I, I think, I think they actually, while they should crap on the, uh, you know, race control and different elements of the sport, I think, I think NASCAR is listening more now than they have in a long, long time. And and recall, drivers are trying to take advantage of that. I recall back in 2013, I think it was Hamlin. Oh, yeah. He said, some, Phoenix, he said something Phoenix. negative about the, the then next-gen car. And I think if you watch the clip, it's like not even that bad. No, no, no. He said that it's just going to take time yeah, you know, to improve. And he got fined and for that. And they docked him for that. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, they came out with the radical playoff overall you didn't hear nothing about it even though surely the drivers were feeling the same way many of us do now and it seems like that was the height of the brian france administration and um it seems like once he's once he got out of power sport's been a lot more perceptive to drive you might kind of relate to this uh, statement i'm about to say recently the wwe has departed from Vince mcmahon and wouldn't right. wouldn't you say what we've seen so far is that there's a little bit more creative ability, a little yeah. bit more freedom to kind of say what people thought. There was a feeling. Company? There was a feeling among fans for years that Vince was holding back the WWE yeah. and so their potential. He's almost like our Brian France in this kind of situation. Right. R.I.P. to drunk Brian France. Oh yeah, God, but not forgotten. I missed that. Too. Wow. God, but not forgotten. Wow. Yeah. I I almost did forget. Now I feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> but no nah, in conclusion though i mean like the i guess like the last time um basically a lot of veterans you know voiced their you know concerns and stuff i would have to go back to maybe like 2000 for the uh, darlington uh, southern 500 weekend because that was um a week before the new hampshire race that fall and remember that year they had two drivers, Kenny Irwin Jr. and Adam Petty die or whatever. And basically like the NASCAR drivers, they were ready to strike and say like, hey, you better like fix this safety issue here or we're not going to participate in the uh, New Hampshire race too. So I don't know, like, you know, that's obviously, you know, um, way different from this too. I guess, you know, it's the same when it comes to like you know, uh, people voicing their opinions. But what does that say? Very boy in the blast in the chat. Where are they now, Brian Friends? He actually owns a chicken restaurant in Shelby. Yeah, yeah, he owns a chicken restaurant. To quote Talladega Knox, to quote the Colonel Sanders, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, but it's. I think it's great. I think it's great for the sport, having drivers voice their opinions like this. Obviously, yeah. we were deprived of this for many, many years under the Brian France regime. It's so. good to see them have that leverage, yeah. that bargaining chip, where now it's it's in a sense they can turn the fans against the sanctioning body in a certain way and a lot of other sports it seems like they don't allow their athletes mm-hmm. to speak out hardly at all but yeah. um because they so, know like if they like find them or like suspend them for saying this stuff the fans they're just going to revolt man like <laughs> more than ever it's good driver transparency driver mm-hmm. freedom of expression well, yeah positive even, step forward even back then like you know 2013 we were talking about that yeah, social media existed, but it was nowhere near mm-hmm. where people could even have remotely close to a platform where fans even come in and support us something. So, you know, like 
back then, this kind of format here, four guys or five guys talking about their thoughts on NASCAR, that didn't exist. You didn't have anything like that. You had really just NASCAR-controlled media back then, and there was no way for fans to really voice their concern without, like, what, what would they do back then? They'd be like, email us at this, and we might pick <laughs> your email to come on our show. That was what they had back then. Oh, man. Yeah, the times have changed, for sure, for sure. And it's great to see. And hopefully uh, NASCAR didn't do anything to uh, impede on their uh, opinions. So we like it. Um, yeah, we are now at that point of the show where it's the preview time. It's Talladega preview segment. So, yep, Talladega's this weekend. Oh, my goodness. Three races. Yep, absolute chaos. Maybe uh, just throw darts at the wall and that's it. Yeah, my well, or pick out the uh, take out the old random uh, number yeah. generator, you know. No. <laughs> you do that. <laughs> what doesn't work for you? Found the only points. There you go. Say, so oh, yeah, you're, you're in a hole. Can we actually, actually have yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Not, not so much more now he's in a hole yeah yeah well we're all kind of close together we'll see i'm in the uh, basement right now but we're gonna review the uh pick points and let's just say chat just stay tuned um as for the uh the uh the truck series race it's the uh talladega 250 doesn't look like they have a sponsor uh 100 laps in total the start time is 12 30 p.m eastern time on fs1 and mrn radio uh the uh weather for this race uh well, it's, uh, I don't we'll, see any. We'll talk about later. Okay, okay, okay. We'll talk about that later. Um, it's, oh, okay. I see why. The Xfinity Series uh, race is called. The defending winner of this is Tate Fogelman to remind everyone. Oh, okay. Sorry. Tate Fogelman. God. Yes. Oh, yeah. And what, um, what did the uh, president of uh, Talladega say? Everybody should look after Talladega. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Crazy. As for the Xfinity Series race, the Sparks 300, uh, 113 laps total. Uh, start time is 4 p.m. Eastern on USA slash MRN. The weather uh, for that day is 77 degrees with a, a thick, and that is uh, T-H-I-C-C, thick cloud cover and a 12% change, uh, a chance of rain. And the defending race winner is Brendan Brown, which is, this is also going to be his final race for Brendan Built Motorsport. Do you think we'll find Kelly Stavis? Oh, yeah. Eric, have you found Kelly Stavis yet? Oh, my God. Have I? I, I yeah, have you found her yet? No, I, she, I, I, she's she's got to be wherever hiding. Rutledge yeah, was. she's been hiding, bro. Oh yeah, and where'd he go too? That's right, bro. Yeah, <laughs> he, he got he got stuck in the Dawsonville pool. Yeah, I guess so. They wouldn't let him leave. One and of as us. for as for the main event, the Cup Series race, the Yellowwood 500, 188 laps. The start time is 2 p.m. Eastern on NBC slash MRN and the weather for Sunday's race, 72 degrees, partly sunny, a 16% chance of rain. The defending race winner is Bubba Wallace. Um, and really quick, before we move on to the pick points, let's go over the betting odds on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Um, as for the favorites, they are all the same, plus 1,200 apiece amongst all five of them. William Byron, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, Joey Logano, and Denny Hamlin are apparently the favorites. I, I don't watch that. Yeah, 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 yeah. They don't necessarily one of the favorites. I, he won Atlanta and like, Daytona, I guess. Yeah. Blaney, I get. Yeah, I have no clue Logano why Larson. I get. Yeah. I but I, I guess they don't really uh, watch uh, racing all that much, I guess. <laughs> but uh, as for the best of the rest, uh, Tyler Reddick is plus 1,500, as well as Ross Chastain, Austin Cendrick, also plus 1,500, and both Christopher Bell and Bubba Wallace, plus 1,800. I saw Mr. Bell was uh, in the chat earlier, and uh, good luck to your son this weekend. Um, as for the underdogs, the famous underdogs in the betting segment, 
Uh, all hail McDowell supremacy as he enters this weekend at plus 4,000. Justin Haley plus 5,000. No Gregson plus 10,000. Uh, Harrison Burton plus 20,000. And finally, Landon Castle plus 50,000. So, hey, at Talladega, anything's possible. So, and also make sure to bet on those parlays too, because you might make a huge chunk of change. That's for sure. It's going to be really tempting to do that top 10 mm-hmm. uh, one that paid off last time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as for the uh, NASCAR Weekly Podcast fantasy pick points, uh, Trevor Sports 98 has over a, has, um, a, um, a 200 plus point lead over Toyota Tough. And actually, Toyota Tough and 48 Nation are tied for second spot. In fourth is Jets 48 and running at the top five is a prime speed as for the playoff league settings larson fan five uh, currently has a five point lead over trevor sports 98 adam cub racing is in p3 prime speed is fourth and claudia aka danny b wife is currently in the top five so nice good job wow yeah. and uh, i just think i'm actually ninth in the overall oh. So there you go. You moving up the ranks. Uh, I think my mom's somewhere down there. She's probably like in the teens, I think. But she's ahead of me. That's all that matters. Okay, so she's way ahead of me then. (laughs) That's all that matters. All right, so now for the pick points. Oh my goodness! Let's, and, let's make sure that yeah, let's just make sure, Eric. Eric, what do you? Eric, Eric, hold on. Do you got anything to say before I tell them? Give your side of the story, Eric. Come on. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Kyle Busch finish finish last at Texas? Yes. Yes. He spun out all by himself yet again, right? Yep. Yes. Why the, the f- why did I pick him I don't, to win I, Texas? That's what we're asking you. Well, he won I, here back a few years ago. He, he, he won here a couple years ago. He was leading in May when he blew a tire, and he didn't blow a tire this week. So I thought it was a good pick. I thought it was a good pick. Hey, bro, do that impression again, please. That was a good one. But, uh, chat, you can rejoice. You have the podcast pick points lead with 507 points total, bumping Eric down to second, but only minus one. Has the chat ever had the points lead before? Uh, yeah. Hey, since I feel bad for Eric sitting here right, right here. You're the one who went from like being minus 30 to being in the basement. So, yeah. And you know, I made the video art of the choke. I'd have to add another one here. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, wait, since we have IDK here, do you want to maybe apologize to Jeff? Be like, because you got to put him in a hole. They're the one that voted for them. Okay. They didn't have to go a few. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they really did. One person that turned into 100 something. I still say this that that was on them. Yeah, it was 51 to 49. Yeah, so it was on it. was on. You do not have 100 plus accounts. But um, you got to pull it together. We can't let these swarm hive mind, whatever the heck this is, beat the true, the tried and true NWP regulars here. Oh, what's uh, happening? Oh, here's what's happening with the rest of the pick points. Uh, Danny, uh, Danny B is in third, uh, minus 62. Jarrett is in fourth, minus 69. Nice, uh, uh, nice, nice. And I'm down in the basement, uh, just minus 70, though. So hey, still Almost have some time. Nice. hey, I still have some time to get P3. Just like last year, you know, before the chat beat me for it. They beat me by one point last year for P3. So Damn. it gets really, really close. But uh yeah, so let's do, I, get... do I still have my points from Daytona? Uh, so you're basically um, um you get to take away points from us you're basically a uh, cup series driver racing in xfinity oh yeah so, okay, so you can play spoiler you can yeah. play spoiler all right though. all right yes for sure but uh yeah so uh, let's get right into it um who is going to win 
the truck series race. Eric, you start us off. All right, chat. You might be plus one for now, but this is going to be a short-lived lead change because I'm coming for the clean sweep. Yes, it's Talladega. It's tough to predict, but I feel strongly about my three. Let's start with trucks. I'm going with a little bit of a surprise pick. Corey Heim. Yes, Corey Heim. There you go. I'm going with the upset for this one. He has come close to winning here in the Cup Series before. Matt Benedetto in the 25 truck is my pick to win this weekend at Talladega. Well, you know, uh, I need to pass Danny and uh, get up into that that good trio, not not the the bottom. So I'm going to go with somebody who's who's pretty good here, who's led a lot of laps, especially in the last couple of races. Uh, last race especially, his team overall is fast. I'm going Ben Rhodes to, to win this week. All right, everyone. You know, people were surprised that this guy won earlier in the year, but I wasn't because I picked him way back in February, and I believe he was the best finishing out of all of the picks on the podcast. I'm going with Parker, the man, Kligerman. He's going to get it done at Talladega. I haven't been following the playoffs. Is he in the playoffs? He's, he's, one years before. Uh, he's not in the playoffs. No, Parker no. Quaver's on. No, no. Well, he's going to spoil the playoffs yeah, because it's going to be all 75 he, this Saturday. He's won here two times. He's won this race before, and he's won a race earlier this season. Yeah. All right. And as for my pick, I will go just like Danny B. Matty D gets his first Truck Series win of the season. And as for the chat... They're picking Corey Heim because I picked him. Look, look yeah, at them. I, we need oh, to play defense, chat. Pick Heim. You, you, you we got, we're going to have to make it. a rule. I think it's Heim, Jared. Yeah, Heim. Yeah. Well, all right. So the chat picks Corey Heim. Hey, we're going to have to make a rule at some point because the people in the chat are literally saying, pick, play defense, pick the same as Eric. Uh, well, so that's some... you, you did some of that, though. No, I didn't. I always go all first. Fair. I can't right, play defense. All fair all right, maybe every other week they got to submit their pick before Eric does. Exactly. Right. I like what Emp Lemon's saying. Yeah, it's only fair. It's only fair. <laughs> how, can we get, how can we enforce it? I don't know. People? I don't know. That uh, was one way. America. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll talk about it later, but uh, let's move on. The Xfinity Series winner, Eric, who's going to win? All right. Uh, I think I picked this guy about three or four weeks ago, the start of this streak. I'm rolling with Noah Gregson. Make it five. I'm going with Noah Gregson. He's going to get five. Wow. Yep. Mm, that's a good pick. He yeah. did win here back in the spring. But my number one go-to guy in these Super Speedways and Xfinity Series, he is the best on these types of tracks, Austin Hill. He's going to win this weekend. Well, I'll say this about uh, Danny. He's correct. Austin Hill is going to win. Well, Austin Hill might be the common pick. He's looked like the best super speedway racer this season. But the last expanding super speedway super speedway race at Daytona, the all-time great 2022 Daytona Xfinity race. There's a driver in the field that showed me something, a level of tenacity where I'm going to be picking him today. I'm going with AJ Allmendinger, the most consistent driver of the 2022 Xfinity season. I'm saying this because he was wrecked. His car was like completely totaled in that Xfinity race with like 22 laps to go. And he came back, got on the track. Everyone else died in front of him. And he probably would have won that race if the caution did not come out before. So Almondinger, Mr. Consistency of the year. 
That's my pick to win Xfinity. I, I know we're jumping ahead here, but it's very obvious the chat is going with Gregson. Yeah, you might as well just put Gregson down for him for the chat. Now keep this in mind, chat. You might want to follow Eric, but if he's wrong, you're gonna go down yeah. with him, and I'm gonna come closer to you guys. Remember you're gonna come that. back to us. Yeah, gonna come back to well, us. Uh, bring, bring, bring everyone else. Bring everyone else back <laughs> and play. All right, so I'll be um I'll go last. Um, so I will go in the colleague direction too. They are amazing on super speedways usually, but not AJ Allmendinger or Landon Castle. I'm gonna go with the previous season's champion, Daniel Hemrick. Okay. So that'll conclude the Xfinity pick points. And now it's the cup ones. Let's start. Who's gonna suck? Eric. I don't, I don't really have a strong take on this one. I, I would say Larson, but he was in contention for the win last time we were at uh, we were at Talladega. So I'll, I'll cut Larson some slack. I'll go Truex. Poor guy can't have just can't have anything nice these days. Nothing seems to go right for him. So I'll say him. Will he will he flip off the engine? That's the real question. I just hope he doesn't flip. You know, like that's, yeah, that's just yeah. keep all four yeah, tires on the ground. Not for that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm for my cup sick. Have to suck when I'm saying come on and suck and pick at the same time, I guess. Uh, I'm gonna go Kyle Larson. He, he's had a lot of bad races here at Talladega and other races. Yeah, he did good in spring, but uh, he's got that cushion so he can afford it a little bit. And uh, I don't see it going well for Kyle Larson this weekend. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I love when I do this. I love when I do this just because I know I'm gonna get a reaction. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I have a yes. It's gonna be Chase Elliott. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm going with. I'm going with a theme for Cup. Uh, Elliott has just been awful. His team has just had no real like compared to Elliott standards this year. Of course, Elliott has. Um, he's just that team's been just a little bit off, and I feel like Talladega is a place that puts him into a must win heading into the Roval. You just want all the chaos. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So this is a driver. Who has been mentioned previously on this show today as possibly having a good chance to win a Talladega, but I don't see it. I just don't see it at all. I've watched this driver, and um, aside from Atlanta at the true super speedway races, it's been feast or famine and a heck of a lot more famine. This driver is on a downward spiral this week, and that downward spiral is going to get worse this Sunday afternoon. William Byron is my suck pick. He's gonna wish he had those 25 points still in the bank, still in the bank, because I don't think it's gonna be good for him. Look for him to be out of the race by lap 50, because at Daytona, Talladega, especially in the clutch, his super speedway record has been pretty abysmal throughout his career. And I will go in the same boat. I was gonna pick Julian Byron as well. Oh, so there you go. Not Byron quite theatrical. The chat seems to be going with Kyle Busch. Yeah, they were going with Amarola at first, but yeah, it's sure. Kyle Busch. Probably only because IDK is right there. Yeah. I know it. But no, it looks like it's Kyle Busch. Yeah, we'll pick. give him Kyle Busch. All right, the underdog pick. Eric, who's your underdog? Um, I'll go Austin Dillon. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, For me, I'm going to go with Corey LaJoy on this one. You know, he, he showed us at Atlanta what it can do. It's a super speedway. Sure, LaJoy can have a good shot at it. I had said I have a theme going, and my theme for Cup this week is Hendrick Motorsports. So, who would be a really good dark horse for Talladega this week? Kyle Larson. 
Kyle Larson, this is like one of the only six races a year that Kyle Larson is a dark horse. Finished in the top five, I believe, earlier this year at Talladega. As long as he's able to keep the car on track, he has the speed to be up front. All right. So my pick might surprise a few of you. He was in the news this past week. Not for something very positive, though. But this is an indictment of how I think the race is going to go. My pick for the underdog dark horse is Cody Ware. <laughs> I think I think the guys are going to go out there and just kill each other figuratively. Hopefully we don't see it. Let's, let's not yeah, say after what happened. Yeah, let's hope not. It's metaphorical. It's, it's going to be mayhem. We got out of it last year because rain stopped the ending of the race, but you saw it. You saw him getting ready to just go completely berserk. And history tells us that these recent playoff Talladega races have been having no one left at the end, basically left to fight for the victory. So Cody Ware, his slightly lower Rick Ware racing speed, is going to keep him out of trouble all day. And he's going to be there at the end. And you know what? We just might see the purple Neurotech ODT 51 car in victory lane. And it's going to be Michael Jordan had his blue game. Cody Ware is going to come in with the, the sprained ankle from his Texas crash. He's going to give us the performance for the ages, and I want to see it happen personally. I never thought I would hear uh, the uh, comparison of Michael Jordan's flu game and Cody Ware's <laughs> 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 That's a first, but definitely uh, unique on the uh, podcast for sure. Um, as for um, my underdog pick, mm, let's see. Someone left a super chat. I see it says $5. It's the uh, Ty Dillon fan fanatic. <laughs> he always leaves <laughs> something um, uh, praising Ty Dillon. But um, in his super chat, he said Ty Dillon had a 14.3 average finish at Talladega. So, all right. Thanks for the five bucks. And uh, thanks for uh, making my pick for me. So, Ty Dillon. Go ahead. Yep, go. Okay. So, that, that was the last one, right? Yeah, other than chat. Yep. Oh, um, I'm seeing a lot of 45 out of them. Let's give it. Uh, let's see. We're going 45. Yeah, give them, give them Bubba. Yeah, we'll give y'all 45. Okay. As good a pick as any. And now for the main event, who's gonna win? Who's gonna win at Talladega this weekend? Eric, be careful. I tread lightly. So wait, who do you guys who do you guys give the chat for their uh dark or for their um I'm sorry uh suck pick? Who was the chat suck pick again? It was Kyle, Kyle Bush, Bush, right? Kyle Bush. And who'd you give them for their uh dark horse? Bubba Putter underdog. All right, chat. I'm gonna force you to stop following me. Bubba Wallace uh, <laughs> wins whoa. at Talladega. Tactical play, Tactical play right there. Makes it yeah. five straight non-playoff drivers in victory lane. I'll go Bubba back Chad, to back Chad fall Talladega. Slamming their fist on the ground <laughs> yeah. right now. Chad oh. don't know what to do right now. Man. Hey, thanks for giving me a good dark horse pick. Yeah, yeah. there you go. I was worried. Maybe I didn't want to pick Kyle Bush. I didn't want to do they that again. Follow me because I'm probably going with the next best available underdog pick to win this one. He's had a great year. Jared's gonna like this. I'm going with the supremacy of Michael McDowell hey, to win yeah, the second uh, fire race this weekend. Nice. Michael McDowell two to win. We've had nothing but non-playoff drivers win. Why not a better weekend for Michael McDowell to become number twenty? <laughs> All right, that's that's incredibly intelligent, Danny. Great pick. Great pick. Good job. 
<laughs> but uh, unfortunately, I think McDowell will be in the top five, but not the uh, top one. Uh, I'm go- I told you I'm going with the theme, Cedric Motorsports. We've taken out the nine and the five. That leads to 24 and the 48. And, uh, you know, earlier, Emp, you said that this guy would be missing those 25 points. I think he's going to miss them because he won't need them. He's going to be saying bye mm-hmm. to them. I think William Byron is going to put Texas in his rearview mirror. He's going to get the win. He's led tons of laps this year in super speedways. He's been really fast. I think he gets the win this weekend. Uh, do you, do you hear that? Jared doesn't like you. You weren't picked for anything. <laughs> I don't write like you do. Right. Oh, whoa, whoa. So my pick, this is going to come a bit out of left field, but, you know, Talladega, the entire track could be described as the left field. Unexpected things happen, and this man, he can use a win just about more than anyone else right now. Chat picked him to suck. I'm picking him to win. Kyle Busch is going to get his swan song victory. Bold. At the in the Joe Gibbs number 18 Toyota, it's been a terrible, no good, very bad year for him. But I think Talladega, mm-hmm. the great punisher of all, throws him a bone this weekend. Now, now watch his uh, motor blow on lap two. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, so I want to see a 20th different winner this season so bad it will be a new record, and I'll be there in person too, so I'll get to witness a part of NASCAR history. Um, I've picked this guy multiple times this year. He has uh, yet to deliver, but based on his stats, though, he usually gets one win a year, and it's sometimes um, at Talladega, uh, specifically uh, twice that's happened. Um, please, please make it happen. Ryan Blaney is my winner's pick this week. Oh, I thought you were just saying Stenhouse. No, 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 no. Well, with, with that being said, it looks like a chat is going to follow Darian yeah. this week. I was just about to say, you know, great minds. I'm saying mainly 12s in the chat, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go with them saying Ryan Blaney. Yeah, so. so we'll give him Ryan Blaney. But yeah, so that'll end the pick segment. Uh, congratulations to the chat. Once again, getting the points lead by just one point. But I'll don't forget, yeah, the season is this, not over. This season ain't over. This could be a big weekend for this thing mm-hmm. to go either come close or someone to pull away yeah. ahead. All of the stuff we said could happen. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, before we head off, really quick, IDK, uh, let's read the rest of the super chats, please. Uh, can you pull that up? Yeah, Make let's sure go Let's read these lovely people's super chats again. Thank you guys so much for donating. You saw that man dude last time, right? Or uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as we get done with these, we're gonna end the show because it's getting hot. In it's getting hot in here, y'all. I do this every week. <laughs> y'all are weak. Well, you do this by yourself. Yeah. Not, not for Is the AC three. not on? No, I usually turn the air off, but before I I did this time. And Jared's it's making y'all suffer. Yeah, I'm getting to it. So suffer. Okay, so it's yeah. actually we gotta start with Mandu. Mandu with the five Canadians said, uh, didn't the announcers say that this was the hottest Texas race ever? Maybe that's why the tires kept exploding due to the heat of the track. That's part of it. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, but damn, like it seemed like every single tire kept blowing up though. And it got cooler towards the end too, yeah. after that delay, and they still were blowing up. So Andrew dropped the 10 USD said Ty Gibbs statement. I want to apologize for actions on pit road Sunday as there's a drive in a deep left field by Cassiano <laughs> Salvia. <laughs> a four and so four. now they can afford up the ball game. 
Basically. Yeah, Twitter's undefeated with that. <laughs> Ryan dropped the two Canadians said, I think one hour is the perfect amount of practice. Happy hour. Yeah, happy hour. Yeah. There you go. Bring back happy hour. Speedway Anywhere with the five USC said, uh, I'm enjoying this format. It'd be fun to join y'all sometime. Oh, thank you. Well, glad you guys are liking it. One day we might have call-in segments. Yeah, that'd be fun. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We've seen some of the stuff on Moody's show before. Well, we're not Dave Moody. <laughs> no, no. John and the Elliot fan rage. <laughs> maybe I'll do, maybe I'll do it on my post race show every week. If I say something about Elliot, like this is it. First week we do Collins. Let's do it. John dropped the five, saying, uh, "My dad told me that the aluminum wheels put the tires under a lot of stress and caused them to blow up." Yeah, yeah, that was a major criticism of the next gen. Yeah. Absolutely right. Groovy Goose dropping the five. Uh, the Hindenburg flying over the Titanic on its way to uh, Fry Festival would be less of a disaster than Texas Motor Speedway. <laughs> Midow supremacy, by the way. Man. Okay, that was like one of the most original super chats ever. Yeah. Respect, man. Alex with the five to all. What is your coolest angle of a NASCAR crash on TV? Mine was 2019 Fall Dago with the 62 flipping out of view of the turn three oh, wall camera. Does it have to be flipping or can it just be crashes alone? I think it's just crashes, crashes alone. Okay, think... crashes alone. Um, I'm gonna the I'm gonna go with the one that ESPN had in 2014 when you saw the big one going into turn three and you see like the 16 go by and then you see junior's car spinning just right by the camera like maybe like an inch i've i've always been enamored with that shot one of the most locked on shots of a flip that i can remember was 2010 daytona nationwide series when dell jr flipped on the back straightaway at daytona and they kept that camera locked mm-hmm. on him the entire time you saw him get spun roll over and continue to flip down into the infield that, that was a very locked on shot of him helps it was dell jr they want to keep that camera locked on him anyway so the angles of uh that newman flip at daytona um back in what was it 2003 um i believe some of those Sorry, close-ups the axles the car left yep up. That, that that stands out to me. All right, uh, honorable mention. Talladega 2021, the onboard cam of Bubba Wallace, like almost almost hitting. Oh the yeah, yeah. No, that but wins. For, but for me, the, it's always it's not going to be the one that most people think of. But there's just something about it that's always stuck with me in the 2005 Aaron's 312 at Talladega. When Casey Mears flipped over, they had the onboard cam. I think it was out of David Stremme's back window, and they had slow motion. It's just showing Mears's cards like lifting off the ground. That's always been very, especially eerie to me. I don't know there's just something about it, something about the composition of it all. Where mm-hmm. I, I've never forgotten that after I saw it. Yeah, 2005 Coca-Cola 600 for me when um, Mikey and uh, Dale Jr., both teammates at the time, by the way, uh, spun out on the straightaway. Um, and uh, they had an angle on on, uh, on uh, one of the uh, replays where um, basically they caught uh, Jr.'s uh, car spinning and stuff, and then you just couldn't see anything else. So I always thought that was really satisfying to watch. So I like that. Side note, we talk about uh, good angles. Let's talk about one lost angle that if anyone ever finds anything like this, it's worth a ton of money. 
Elliot Sandler's Pocono Rick. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was I, I was talking to Jared about this yesterday. The two like holy grail lost footages in NASCAR's mm -hmm. the Sather one and Montoya hitting the jet dryer. Yeah. And uh if it wasn't for one person having it, that uh flip that no one knew if it happened with uh what's his name? Uh his wife at the, the Jessica Friesen. Yeah, yeah. Jessica Friesen. Mm -hmm. She was almost in that category, but one person had one kind of good angle of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This one comes from Irvin. It's $10 USD. NASCAR needs to modernize their race control and be more consistent with their officiating. I know the FIA are not perfect, but at least they have every monitor feed and data to officiate at the spot. Yeah, yeah good, good point. Leafs dropped the five saying, I feel like I'm repeating what I said about the NFL. Welcome to NASCAR, where absolutely nothing matters and chaos reigns supreme. <laughs> Don't be chaotic for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Another one from Groovy Goose dropping it to Emp Lemon for race control slash director. <laughs> you ready for all that response? Yeah, you ready? Ready for this one? <laughs> I don't know. You ready to look out the window? <laughs> the tinted window. <laughs> I'm ready to look away. Yeah, the big look out that window right now. It's about the same as them at New Hampshire, I guess. <laughs> Wolfie dropping the five. Byron is the equivalent of the kid that always gets bullied. Finally fights back and gets punished for it. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. <laughs> that was a good one. The angry Irishman dropping the five. The weekly podcast has uh acided. I believe that's what it said. Hashtag Lemon nostalgia reference. Wait, I think you meant ascended. Ascended. Oh, ascended. You, put, you put like spaces in it, all caps in it. So this weekend we're either gonna get ascended or descended. I'm telling you that. Or whatever that word was. Yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Mid, uh, medieval with the five saying it. It seems NASCAR is bashing their, or sorry, is basing their penalties off of fan reactions. By the way, anyone heading to Fontana next year, uh, possibly, but probably not. Yeah. For the first question, the second Fontana. Okay. Yeah, for the Fontana one. But yeah, as for the first one, yeah. Mm kind of sort of maybe i think they knew they missed it that night but that's all i was just saying i think they knew they missed it that night and they were just trying to you know i i think they maybe went a little further than they otherwise would have mm -hmm. arcane dropped the five actually hold on sorry i missed on arcane dropped the two super to cup one hey, it's a nice car hey do you guys think super yeah. to come to cup? it's a nice car I That's like cool. it a lot better than Camry. Yeah. They're going to keep their Redmaker and Camry. The way a real Supra is shaped, it would be weird if they tried to translate yeah. that to the next gen. Mm. Man on a fan dropping the two. Sindrick is my upset Final Four pick. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, things have to go his way. Arcane dropped the five. What current Cup Chevy team is most likely to jump shit? To a different OEM with JRM coming in the future and being Chevy top heavy. RCR Toyota. I'd say probably colleague. Yeah. Um, I'd say colleague. I'd say Petty JMS, actually. I could see Petty going to Toyota. I'll be real, just because they're so innovative and willing to take chances. Uh, I'll go, I'll say maybe track house. Maybe they'll give it a mm -hmm. shot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gavin with the five. During the offseason, you guys should do a podcast that takes place in the past 
Ooh. Oh, oh, like oh. talking about history and like stuff. We're, we're, we're pretending it's like the 2004 chase or something. Oh, something like that. Hey, let's make the whole show in black and white. Look at this. So we gotta do. If if you guys end up doing that, you gotta do 2006 UAW Ford 500. Oh, I'll do the reactions to that. Jimmy <laughs> Johnson should be. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm not gonna demonetize. <laughs> Y'all know the don't, meme. Don't say that word. Whoa. Just go to the search bar, type in Jimmy Johnson should be, you'll find it. Like, you'll find it. <laughs> Needs for speed, drop the two, saying praise Ty Dillon. Of course. Yes, of course, of course. The Ty Dillon love. GN NASCAR fan 24, drop the two. And which driver is in a downward spiral this year? You were just saying this. Kyle <laughs> <laughs> in the downward spiral more so than anyone. 70 and F's. But I think, I think. A feeling this weekend he's gonna get it it's gonna make zero sense but he's gonna get it really quick can i get the camera on me for a second no <laughs> all right so you know i keep my little record books of like what's going on this year and i just want to keep this I, I wanted i wanted to tell you guys this what do cody Ware, Corey lajoy ty dylan cole custer and kyle bush have in common and and, and Kevin Harvick. What do they all have in common? Eight DNFs. Seven DNFs. Oh my and, goodness. And one more. There is somebody who blows seven out of the water this year, and that is Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who has 10 DNFs this year. I know I said it last week, but it needs to be reiterated. He has double the DNFs that he does top tens this year. If he gets two more, that's going to be 33% Yeah. the season. Yeah, that's like a number we haven't seen a top tier kind of team have since the eighties. Yeah, bad seasons. Yeah, and I'm good enough to be considered top tier. Mm -hmm. Jake dropped the Jake dropped the ten. When I was a kid, I used to get I used to get so excited for crashes, especially the big ones. Now that I'm older, it scares me more and more. Yeah. After the Newman crash, mixed with the next gen, I tense up and cringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel the same mm -hmm. way, man. Like, especially a lot of these Talladega races recently, it, it's gotten to the end where it's just like, ah, can we just get this over with? Yeah. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. If I see a spectacular crash and everything go, ooh, like that, but then I'll be like, ooh, they're okay. Uh, GN NASCAR fan, drop the two. And when, uh, why are you not green? Is it uh, humidity related? Yeah, I stepped out of the swamp at my hometown, so <laughs> color got kind of. I got this unsightly uh, flesh-colored tan. I apologize to the viewers at home, by the way. This is actually just his human form. He actually just put it on while he's coming up here. Yeah, he shed his exoskeleton. Yeah, now go. They're dropping the five. Fun fact: This was Kyle Busch's thirty-second race at Texas. It was his first DNF. Wow. wow. Damn. Mm. That's uh, let's see. Uh, PJM dropped the 222. Turning 21 on Dega Day. Hope uh, Joy Logano or Bubba Wallace wins. With the way, I think this race is going to go. You're going to need yeah. your newfound uh, liberty right there. I'll tell you what, if you're wanting Bubba Wallace or Joey Logano to win at Talladega, you're rooting for the most or least popular drivers in that state. <laughs> Ready for the end of the infield that the post race interview on the grand yeah. <laughs> Ross Crash Stain dropping the five. Goodyear must be getting tired 
Oh, it has, he put it on the cat's tire with the D little pond. Oh. But they blew it. Also, do y'all think it will be the yellow wood 500, yellow line 500, or the yellow flag 500? Yellow flag. Yeah, the yellow flag. Yellow line. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be some controversy. Yeah, we, we haven't had a yellow line controversy. Oh, yeah, I got to. I'm going to check that off the checklist. Bingo. Oh, said it's a yellow wood for it. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Ross is going to go below the line. Can you imagine? Oh, no. He's going to go below the line and turn Hamlin or somebody. He's going to turn Elliot for the win in front of the Alabama game, and then Bubba's going to pass them both and win. Let's make it happen. Oh, my God. Making this come into fruition. ZH dropped the two. Yawn is there. Hi, Yawn. Yawn? Yawn? Is it? Are you Yawn? Is that like Who's Yawn? Oh. oh, yeah. I don't know who Yawn is. Oh, wait. Oh, that's you, right? Like Yawn, the John. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking. You were yawning at the Texas Rays. Yeah. Right? I don't know. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's your Yawn right there. Need for speed drop the five. Ty Dillon has an average finish of 14.3 at Talladega and zero DNFs until this year. Ooh. Mm -mm. So, you know, there's, there's a few of these guys in the field that are su surprisingly really good super mm -hmm. speedway racers. Some of them just five in the radar a little bit. Slide supersonic with the 801 to think I almost miss NWP's uh, cause. Because uh, I was uh, playing Grand Turismo 7. Hello, Fantastic Four. How are you? Hello. Ready? <laughs> five this week. I yeah. Here's some five. Storm at Talladega. I am. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Yeah. And Grand Turismo 7 is a good game, by the way. And finally, the last one, Mr. Bad Guy with the $2. Uh, thinking Austin Dillon, Cody Ware, mid-off incoming. Uh, refresh, <laughs> well, I think we're going to be Yeah, refresh the, yeah, and then we'll read the final ones. It's only a few more. But what they say, um, which two drivers are going to have a mid-off? Uh, Austin uh, Dillon and Cody Ware. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, for Cody Ware, that'd be uh, an improvement, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the 50, we can get on the same level. Yeah, there you go. Isaac dropped the two. McDowell's the greatest NASCAR driver in history. Uh, okay. Well, we can, I'm not even going there. Yeah, we can relax. Yeah, he won't even go yeah, there. The span of history is going to find a one day. Yeah, if it's yeah, one day. Yeah. yeah. Kyle 3000 dropped the $2 USD with emojis of uh, the downward and the spiral. So downward mm -hmm. spiral. Yeah. Escape the downward spiral. <laughs> it's bombarding my house right now, but we're here. It's sunny. Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. and soon to be hopefully signing Alabama. Matt dropped the two uh, yellow wood yellow line five hundred. <laughs> yeah, and that'll conclude super chats. Thank you guys so much for sending them, and thank you guys so much for watching this edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. You can tune in next week, uh, next um, uh, next week Wednesday night, October fifth at eight p.m. Eastern time. Over. On the Icebergs channel, we'll be going over all of the events that have to do with Talladega. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bring it on over to my channel next week. It's going to be really, really fun. Um, depending on how we do with the internet, which we have multiple options, you might even see us Sunday. Because, uh, And we're going to hand this off to Eric really quick, but there's going to be multiple YouTubers, including four in here, uh, at least on Sunday for sure. But 
Emp, Darian, IDK, myself, uh, Eric will be there. And um, I found out, thanks to Emp, that Slap will also be there. So we got we got a crew going. But Eric, what, what do we what do we got this week? There's some pretty cool stuff coming up. Yeah, so obviously we'll all be there and we'll all be kind of together. Occasionally we'll be on our own schedules doing our thing, but we'll be inside the track, outside the track, in the grandstands, in the garage area, the experience, wherever. You'll find us in a number of places, but um, I know on both Saturday and Sunday morning, I believe Saturday at 1045 a.m., Sunday at 1030 a.m., I for sure will be just outside the track, you know, behind the grandstands, in the midway at the uh, Alka-Seltzer and out of the groove um, tents and uh, some of these guys might appear as well. I think even Bailey Curry, who's driving the Alka Seltzer car, will be there um, Saturday morning um, for that one. So um, be sure to stop by. Uh, I, Slap's not here, so I don't want to speak to where he will be this weekend, but uh, we'll be all over the place. So a good chance you'll get the you'll you'll be able to see a few of us. I'm really tall and easy to spot, so um, worst comes to worst, you'll probably see me, even if it's just from a distance. But uh, hope to run into a lot of y'all out there. It's going to be fun, and the weather, at least for Talladega, seems to be getting better with every hour, so that's a good sign for race fans. Hopefully, it's a a fun, safe weekend. Slap is also tall. He'll be easy to find as well. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, but uh, does that do it, everybody? Does that do it? I think so. Yeah, so that'll do it. Uh, Jonathan, get ready. Get ready uh, to uh, cue the the outro or the the intro. We're going to do our own nail call for this. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but anyways, thank you guys so much for watching tonight's special edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. This is Black Flags Matter. Catch you next time. (laughs) 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 Goodbye. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.